Welcome to this week's Selk Grassroots Podcast, the Sunday League Show, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Welcome to Selk Grassroots. This podcast and all of our podcasts are sponsored by the Down to Play app, Magpie Recruitment, Skipper Sportswear, The Grassroot Graphics, Borden Sports Youth, Grassroots Football, GRF, Awards FC, and A Rush Laser Tag. Our charity 11 team is sponsored by Borden Sports Stop Bullying Campaign, Black Eagle Athlete, Arithmetic Accountants, and our shirt sponsors, front of shirt sponsor is at NJPGD. Let's get on with it. Welcome to episode 20 of the Sunday League Show, season 23-24, the final show of the year. Uh, and I must say, uh, this this year, 2023, has seen the most listens in our uh, short history, five years, five years, recording since February uh, 2018. Um, 68,000, probably will end around 70,000 for the year. Uh, completely and utterly humbled and we'll get to the man himself in a minute uh, Southern Sunday up first with with Sir Graham Rodba but every time the hit, the podcast hits 50 recordings in in 10 minutes when in it's released I'm I put it into the group and that's still a, a very magic number for me for some reason 50 just means that enough people have listened to it um, for me to be uh, to feel like we've we've that's it job done this week uh and yeah, nearly 70,000 people listened to us talk a load of old rubbish about Sunday football last, <laughs> last year. Man. I can't believe it. I know, well, do you know what? There are some strange people. There's some strange folk <laughs> out there, you know, and uh, most of them listen to this podcast by all yeah. accounts. So, yeah, long may it continue. No, congratulations. It's a, it's a brilliant effort from yourself and to record four leagues, um, you know, plus the Pearly Way social club every week. You know, that's a big ask on you and you do a fantastic job, Andrew. And, uh, you know, I was talking to some teams at Wandsworth Common yesterday and they were saying, oh, no, we, we hope that he doesn't pack it in. It's a real good um, way of promoting and highlighting the good work that's going on in league so yeah hopefully you don't do that but um i just wanted to give rav the credit really from north kent because um it, no, the numbers have obviously massively well, gone up since he's joined well, you know that's what they suggested wasn't it well that's what rav suggested <laughs> <laughs> do you know what it's just it's just an unbelievable thing that each year it gets bigger uh we're actually putting out less in terms of podcasts we're putting out less shows yeah this year than than probably ever previous years you know yeah, but that's the... about quality andrew rather than quantity i mean you take this section this southern the um sunday league show <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna say the southern sunday <laughs> i section, know you were that's why i laughed um I, I corrected myself very, very quickly because I don't want to get into any trouble with uh, my dear colleagues at Woolwich and Eltham or OBDSFL <laughs> or, or in uh, North Kent. You know, we're all friends now. We're all friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's mad. And I mean, there was a brilliant podcast. The Saturday Manager was a really good podcast yeah. that people listened to. Um, and obviously, uh, other podcasts have, have come and gone. But this year, we've, we've, we've got three. Uh, but yeah, the listens continue to grow. So, wow, it's humbling. Uh, I can't believe it. Um, you know, who I think knows? I tweeted out to you. It's not too shabby. It's not too shabby at all, is it? No. Bearing in mind, this is people. this is audio only. You know, there's no visual, and everyone thinks you know it's about YouTube, and it's it's not. It's not at all. Um, Mark the postman listens. I know every week. <laughs> well, it's for him. He was it, my. It does 
He listens to all, I kid you not, he listens to all four shows. He knows more about what goes on in the other leagues than what I do. Of course he does, because he's a Sunday league fan. He's one of those 70,000 mental people that love Sunday league football bonkers, with bonkers. a passion. And and yeah, Mark is exactly the type of person that I had in mind uh, doing the He rounds. is loving it. When he's out on his rounds, he's got his ear pods in. You know, other brands are, av- other brands are available, of course. And um, yeah, he absolutely loves it. And he says, well, I heard that in that podcast. I heard that. Well, I've not had a chance to listen to it myself yet. Good on you, Mark. Thank you very much for the support. Uh, maybe it's Mark listening to uh, all the podcasts each, each week, <laughs> helping us reach 70,000 listens. But He was uh, gutted last week when it was out late. He's like, this is like completely uh, thrown my week. Sorry, mate. We'll be out on Monday this week. All of the games we're going to speak about were from Sunday, the 17th of December. Do check in at the end of the podcast. The final section uh, of the podcast will return to the Southern Sunday uh, and Graham to do the round four draw for the uh, Silkgrass route, Marcus Lipton Cup. Yeah, looking forward um, to that. Looking forward to that. Um, some good teams left in and, you know, the cup of cup sets, the, the most unpredictable cup in Sunday League football um, always brings out some good draws and some cup sets uh, along the way. Uh, so tune in at the end of the podcast. I am trying to, uh, teams have messaged me and said, what time do the what time does each section start? Can you split it up? I'm not going to do that, but I will put um, a running order of which leagues follow which league, so you can find it yourself. That's a fair compromise. It's a fair compromise. Um, I do that for the All Rally Leagues podcast, but I didn't want to do it for the Sunday League show because I see this as one podcast as opposed to uh, different sections. But I'll put the list. I'll put the order in the um, podcast description on your. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to the podcast, it will be in the description um, so you can scroll through. But the the cup draw will certainly be at the end um, of the podcast. Let's talk about the last round of games. As I said, that were played yesterday at the time of recording, Sunday, the 17th of December. And Graham, I just want you to think about at the end of this section, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, your favourite moment from 23-24 so far. Okay, so bear that in mind. I'm gonna bloody hell. I'm gonna Only pose one. that. You could have. It could be a number of things. It could be a okay. number of things. Can I tell you? I wish you'd have given me more notes. Anyone wouldn't <laughs> think. Know. Anyone wouldn't think this was bloody um, recorded live. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. I like a challenge. Right. Let's go. Uh, the Supreme Trophies, Graham Dodd Premier Division results. Two games played. Results were as follows: Junction Elite Four, Carpet Two, One uh, Westminster Wanderers. Two Ballum two a tribute to the man himself in our first division up. I nearly called him Wandsworth again, Graham. Those W's really do get me. Yeah, I know we could use another W to describe <laughs> you as well. <laughs> Thank you. That's the closest thing you've ever said. Well, uh, Junction fine. Elite and this fantastic run of form continues. Uh, Graham Junction Elite won four on the bounce or four of their last five, uh, six games now. Just one loss in that six. They are a juggernaut at the moment. Well, I understand yesterday that at the 65th minute, this game was nil-nil. So you've had six goals in the last 25 minutes. So I, I don't quite know what happened. But um, by all accounts, you know, it was a tight affair past the hour. And, and that like tells me two things, really. Firstly, I think from a carpet perspective that, you know, they're competitive. They're they're losing most weeks, but they're not getting trounced uh, by any 
stretch of the imagination. And they've definitely got enough there to get themselves out of trouble, I think. Um, they certainly won't want to go up and then go down um, no. the next year. So I do think in 2024, um, you know, you are going to see a little bit more about them and a little bit more determination as we get um Unashamedly, unashamedly biased on the podcast as we are, we'd like to see that for Carpet because they were such yeah. a breath of fresh air coming into yeah, the league last year. Um, no disrespect to any other team in the Prem Division, but it's nice when the team gets promoted uh, and stays up. You don't want to see teams yo-yoing between those divisions. So uh, we, we sort of half hope. That, uh, I think they brought something to the league, Andrew. They've definitely yeah. brought something to yeah. the league. They're very nice guys. I've, I've enjoyed refereeing them myself. And obviously they put out their social media and their YouTube content, of which some of it is a very decent watch, I have to say. So, um, yeah, credit to them. Um, so they are showing a little something about them. So I think yeah. for, for them, I think that's an improvement to keep Junction Elite um, at bay for just over the hour. But from the Junction Elite perspective, you know, the juggernaut rolls on. I mean, this run has come from, well, really absolutely nowhere and, you know, they're starting to pipe up now a little bit on the socials. I don't know whether you've yeah, noticed. Yeah, I saw them giving it a bit. Yeah, there, there's a bit of confidence there again from like Junction it. Elite. And, like um, yeah, I like it. I like it as well. And um, it's great to see them engaged and involved. And, you know, the journey, we all know the journey they've been on um, since they come into the league. And, and to almost get to the pinnacle to get to that top spot in the Premier Division. I mean, they've got every chance as the, as the season has got to the halfway point or just over. You know, you're looking at the trajectory of the results. You're looking at the goals that they're scoring. I think they've got the second or third kind of best defence in that division. There's just a, a, a swagger about Junction Elite. There's just an air of confidence and invincibility about them. And they've shown this in other divisions that they played in. And, you know, it hasn't let them down. And, and you know, they've, they've gone on to have success. Mm. I, I certainly... I certainly a few weeks ago, you know, I wasn't really kind of including them, but you've got to now. I mean, they're banging it. They win the game in hand. They go to the summit of the Southern Sunday. I mean, what an unbelievable achievement that would be. So, yeah, the, the, the Junction Elite juggernaut rolls on for sure. Yeah, for me, it's looking like a bit of a top three at the moment. Sporting Continental, lots of football to play. They could still get themselves involved, but it would involve them winning five games in hand to get near Junction Elite. That could happen. Uh, swag very much there as well. Ballum, though, they drew... With when uh, Westminster Wanderers yeah. maybe get, leaving themselves a little bit too much to do. Now they've played uh, the most games in the division, uh, yeah. and just those four defeats, Graham. That means they're probably not going to be a top three team. No, I, I go with that analysis. Um, they'd be looking at that Westminster game yesterday. Westminster just the three wins all season. They'd be looking at that, um, and they would want the maximum points out of that for sure. But um, yeah, obviously it's a tribute to the man himself, so we can't um, no. we can't say anything negative <laughs> about that result. No, uh, Swag with some work to do to get themselves involved with that top three fight. It's very much a top three. If Swag can win their three games now, they will go on equal points with Junction Elite. Uh, and then you're just looking at goal difference. If they if everyone wins all of their games, then they're all on 24 points. Yeah. Uh, and then we're talking goal difference. And then you're talking can Sporting Continental win five games in hand. They've lost three of their five yeah. games. Probably not. Um, but that freeway, um, that freeway fight at the top of the table is going yeah. to be flipping interesting. Well, it is. I think we're also a bit unfortunate that we're not talking with a Southwest Rangers swag result from yesterday. Obviously, we lost that because of the weather. It's a shame that we haven't got that result and that result is part of the table. But 
you know, the, 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 the weather gods have intervened and maybe that was just meant to be and that game is meant to be played later on when it might have a bit more significance than it would have done if it was played yesterday. So there could be a bit of fate in there somewhere. Yeah, and we've been lucky with the weather. So it's hard to, in terms of games post, postponed, I mean, we've been quite lucky. So we can't moan too much. We can. We will we'll try. We do love <laughs> you last, moan. Last I'm, the, I'm the World Serious moaner, so, you know. <laughs> In the match arc, Tony Eldridge Championship, two games played yesterday. Uh, and talking of juggernauts, uh, Putney Town six, but wow. uh, Battersea Wanderers nil, uh, and Albion nil, St Andrews nine. Uh, Putney Town and St Andrews dishing up a true Christmas stuffing as we go into the festive season. Yeah, so that was a replayed game after. Um some rules were broken earlier on in the season where St. Andrews won the game 2-1. On this reflection, Albion might as well have just kept the 2-1 rather than played it because it's now cost them um, significantly on their goal difference. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a damn good thrashing in any way, whatever way you want to spin it. So that's their goal difference damage. They just sit above that relegation zone. But I think the games in hand that they've got and the capability that they've got in their squad to grind out results. I, I don't see Albion going down the bottom two, Battersea Ironsides and, and Lazio still Ooh. look the favourites to me. That is the commentator's curse, that, mate. Well, I know um, that, them, that the Albion boys will listen to that and he would have winced. Don't say that, Graham. That's what he'll be saying as he listens to you. I think probably, I think they probably will, but I did. The thing is, if you look at the gap, I mean, take St. Andrews out of it. Obviously, they've only played six. If you look at the slight gap between uh, Albion up to Cosmos, sort of six, they're all there or thereabouts, really, to be mm. fair. And I do think it is the sort of division where they are going to trade points amongst each other. But Battersea, Einsides and Lazio, I think we said last week, have got three wins in 22 games. They just, it's they, they played too many. They conceded 58 and 43. The goal differences are absolutely crazy. I just honestly don't see anybody else other than those two finishing in the top two. And Albion, I think, have got more than enough about them. Um, we hope. Well, I yeah, certainly we hope. hope. Otherwise, that's going to yeah. get that clip is going to get cropped and um, messaged <laughs> to me. I think. Uh, and Putney Town, Graham. After well, we did give them a bit of stick at the beginning of the season, they have responded in exactly uh, the right way. Not stick, but we said, "Come on, boys! You you were the best of the rest last season. We expected you to be." Uh, front runners in 2023-24, or especially, certainly up there. Uh, and they've act, they're starting to prove our thoughts, right? And the reviews show that yeah. they would be up there. Well done, yes. Putney Town. That's a fantastic win. I agree. Six wins, I think, now in a row in all comps. And bearing in mind, you know, you've got the likes of Bath in there who are not easy. You've got Sellers, who obviously they've knocked out in the Blunston. Um, you know, you've got Cosmos there, who are a solid team in that division. I mean, none of these teams are any mugs, and, and they've put that unbelievable run together. And they were really struggling at the beginning of the season. We were like, no, Putney Town, they can't get involved in any sort of relegation scrap. I do think that the run, and I think I said this last week, I think the runners come too late. With the games in hand that the other teams have got, and Sellers, obviously unbelievable, eight from eight. I, I do think that they're struggling essentially to ask the question for the top two. But nonetheless, all they can keep doing is just keep this run going, keep winning their games. They'll feel confident that they can beat anybody in that division. And maybe if they win all the games, what have they got? Six more to go. I think they're almost going to need six wins from six. Yeah. If they get those and the other teams maybe take points off of each other, all they can do is give themselves a chance. But I have to say, 
the turnaround in form from where it was at the beginning of the season to where we are now at the halfway point has been fantastic to yeah. see. And I think the podcast should take credit really for giving them a kick yeah, up the bottom. Absolutely. 1%. If we can take that 1% credit, we will. Well, I'm uh, going to take a hundred percent credit at better about 1%. <laughs> but yeah, uh, fantastic wins for Putley Town and St. Andrews. Sorry, St. Andrews, that we're not screaming about a 9-0 win, but we've seen that so many times from St. Andrews that we're kind of used to it. Yeah, I mean, they're the sleeping giant in that division at the moment. And, um, you know, even a 9-0 is not going to wake people up, as you say, because that is what we expect from St. Andrews. But I think once they start at the beginning of Jan, getting a few more league games um, and maybe a few more wins on the board, and they start to close that gap to Selhurst a little bit, then... uh, I think this championship is going to be um, very much up there in terms of topic of conversation because I think it's going to be a fascinating end to the season. Agreed. Into the Bob Dixon League One. Cool. And, and actually, and actually, it's as you were. Uh, thank it's God. It's a crazy I, day. <laughs> I think uh, the top three teams will be saying thank God. Uh, Magpie and South London United drew two all. Um, a tribute to the man himself, a Desmond indeed. Um the second one of the day. Thank you very much, chaps. Uh, and South City one, Wimbledon Commoners one, uh, Val County four, Hampton Terriers three. Let's start with that Val County game because that yeah, puts that good. puts that puts them two points behind third place South London United with a game in hand. Uh, a, a massively improved Val County this mm. season. Um, having a little dice with with looking <laughs> looking at promotion. Um, three points behind South City. Going about their business nicely this season, Val County. I love the fact that they're up there and they're asking the question and they're just putting the others on um, putting the others on notice almost. Is you know if you slip up yesterday and we get the win, we're going to get two points off you. And um, you know they win their game in hand and they're above South London United. So if South London United are in the race, then Vale County are definitely in the race. They're banging the conversation and just going back from that Wimbledon Commoners and Wimbledon Wolves on sort of thirteen and eleven, I'm not ruling them out either really because I think you know we've seen. Wolves taking points. We've seen commoners obviously yesterday taking points. Again, this is a bit of a mirror of the championship where you've got teams who are currently sitting in the middle of the table that are not frightened by these big boys and they are going to go out there and they are going to nick points off them and um, and they're not going to apologise for that. And quite frankly, why should they? Um, you know, the, the commitment and uh, level that League One is bringing to this uh, overall league this season. I think it's a terrific, terrific, terrific division. Very much so. Magpie ruined Ruin, ruin, no doubt, the opportunity to get those snookers that they need back yesterday. Uh, South well, City, by all accounts, Andrew, just on that. Sorry, they're lucky to get a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. by Magpie's own admission, by South London, I've spoken to him this morning. He sent me across, by the way, one of their goals. If you see a better team goal for the number of passes that leads up to this goal, if you see a better goal this season, I'd like to see it. I'll send it over to you later on and we'll see whether we can get it shared somehow on on social media. It's one of these, it's on a VO cam, but it's quite clear footage. It's ping pong, ping pong, inside. It is just an absolute delight to watch. And if that's how South London United played that game yesterday, then I take my hat off to them because if you're going to stand up and you're going to bring that to the game and you're going to go toe-to-toe with Magpie because that's the way that they play it, then do you know what? I admire their boldness and I admire their confidence. And um, that says to... ...beaten by Magpie quite significantly a few weeks ago. We were kind of doubting them at that point, weren't we? As much to say, mm-hmm. well, are you going to be able to carry on um, your good form. So, yeah, I, I think it's a great division. 
think so too. Magpie needing needing snookers now against uh, for South London United and South City in this uh, title uh, running. Uh, and actually, Val County, if they won their games in hand, they'd be equal on points on Magpie. Yes, it's the goal difference that's obviously more significant. But what can Val County do in the four games? Four games is a lot. Yep, yep. Wow. What a great run-in we have uh, in Bob Dixon League 1. Again, a good division, as it has been the last couple of seasons. Vulture Sports League 2 results were as follows. Norton 0, Harbert Rovers 3, Rildon Donald 1. Westminster Wanderers Reserves 1. Yes, got it right. And Wandsworth Warriors 4. Stonely All-Stars 0. Graham, let's start, I think, at the last result. Your game yesterday, Wandsworth Warriors 4. Stonely All-Stars 0. The Steely Stonely are no more uh, and they're getting beaten uh, on a regular basis now. Turned up with 10 men. Not at it yesterday. Players weren't fit couple of injuries. There was nothing great about Stonely All-Stars yesterday, unfortunately. The only thing I probably would say is I'll give them a lot of credit because there's teams there knowing that they would go into the game with 10 men they say week before Christmas against the league leaders. We don't fancy it and they'd slack it off. And to be fair to Stonely, they didn't do that yesterday. And I give them credit. We're playing 10 men and, you know, people are dropping like flies and they only come on the receiving end of a 4-0 yesterday. So there are teams that are playing ones with, with 11 men and will get beaten by, by more than 4-0. So yeah. I have to give Stoney that amount of credit. But um, overall, they'll be sort of disappointed with the commitment of their players and for the fact that they didn't make that um, a more competitive game, which they would have done had it been 11 versus 11. From a Wandsworth Warriors perspective, I think they were almost a bit spooked playing against 10 men because it's not the same as playing against 11 men, is no, it? You no. know, it, it, it depends on obviously the, where the 10 are going to play. You know, do they, do they leave somebody up top or do they put the extra man in midfield? Do they play for a draw and play for damage limitation or do they have a little bit of a go? And it's always difficult if you've got the 11 men it's always difficult to work out how to approach those games. And it did take the Wandsworth Warriors a little while to get going. But in the end, I mean, they wasted quite a few chances. There was a fantastic goal scored from a corner. I have to give that a shout out. That was a brilliant, brilliant finish. But um, they were comfortable in the in the game. 4-0 win, four goals go towards the goal difference, which, you know, is far superior to anybody else in the division. And it's a clean sheet and it's another three points on the board. They can't be getting involved in any nonsense. They've just got to get their heads down and keep getting those wins. And of course, they will then, they would have banked surely. They would have banked surely that if they get that win yesterday, that the other two teams were going to draw because that had draw written all over it. Yeah. And yeah, that's them top now with games in hand as well. One point clear of uh, promote of title rivals, Westminster, Wanderers Reserves, uh, thanks to that draw, if you're uh, a Wandsworth Warriors fan, thanks to that draw uh, between uh, Real Dundonald and Wandsworth. Uh, I've done it again. Westminster Wanderers Reserves won all. Yeah, what a great day for, for Wandsworth Warriors. They'll be delighted. It was one of them ones where, yeah, you do your job. You're going to look over to the other result on the other thing. Yeah, do you know what? That's an early Christmas bonus. That is. Thank you very much. <laughs> that is. Uh, early Christmas Brucey bonus. For Wandsworth Warriors. Top of the table at Christmas. That is where you want to be. Uh, into League 3. Uh, and two games played in League 3 this week. Uh, Ballamariners nil. Dara FC firsts 11. Uh, there is uh, there is some there is a story behind that one. So we'll we'll help the Ballamariners boys with the asterisk on that one. Uh, and Thames River Plate seen off 
three nil uh, by Park Life B. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's talk about Thames River Plate first. We expected more, I think, of the boys uh, from Thames River Plate for this game. Park Life B, uh, about as mid-table um, as it gets, but we've seen some good signs from Thames River Plate as well this season. Um, but 3-0 to Park Life B, great result for them. Yeah, it looks comfortable, doesn't it? Um, Thames River Plate, up until a couple of weeks ago, were on a fairly good run of themselves, and you were thinking, OK, they might going to be able to ask some questions and... Um sort of push themselves further up the table. But unfortunately, their uh, their run of results um, at the end of 2023 certainly hasn't been um, certainly hasn't been good. Obviously, last, lost the last two games. But yeah, we thought after that 5-0, Andrew, didn't we, against Painters right at the beginning of December, we thought that was going to be the catalyst where they were going to kick on and they established themselves in the division and they were comfortable with it. But now back-to-back defeats against Alfletico and now Part Life B, um, you know, they're sort of looking back now, rather than looking up and, you know, when you've got the likes of Mondial B behind you, you know, you are going to be a little bit um, concerned. So, yeah, they'll, they've paid a few more games than the other teams, so they'll, they'll be wanting to resume their good form uh, back in the new year. But um, for Park Life B, yeah, I mean, they would be up there in the promotion conversation had they not had three points deducted. But mm. having said that, they have played more games than all of the other teams. So um, if Park Life, I think, get a mid-table finish, I think they'll be reasonably content with that. I think so too. And whilst their uh, top of the table rivals, Alfletico Madrid and top deck were off playing the trilogy, the third <laughs> the third game between the two in about as many weeks as well, actually, the way that the uh, fixtures have worked out. They must have played each other at least three times in a month. Um, Dara took advantage of um, a Ballon Mariners. Again, maximum credit goes out to Bar- Ballon Mariners 100%. starting a game with, with eight men. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, as tough uh, a prospect as it gets, Dara, we know when on their day, Graham, uh, are are one of the best teams in this league. There's no two ways about it in League Three. Um, and yeah, Dara have taken full. Um, I mean, there's no charity at, at, at Christmas by Dara yesterday, that's for sure. No, and this was a bit of a clusterfuck, this game, for more than one reason. So... Obviously, the email confirmation was sent out for Ballam to the opposition and to the referee. The referee never responded, but unfortunately, Ballam never then followed it up by telephone to confirm with the referee that he was actually coming. So they've gone into the game assuming that the referee is going to turn up. And of course, you know, they couldn't get hold of him. And then he said, well, I'm I'm not here. I'm elsewhere. So we obviously didn't have, you know, the opportunity to then replace the referee. Ashley from Daru is a qualified referee and has been for a little while. He obviously then came, this is on the same ground as me, he came down, got a whistle. So, that, you know, we got the game on. I think that was the main thing. Everyone had turned up. Obviously, Ballon Mariners couldn't referee the game because they only had nine men. Ashley stepped in, refereed the game. Obviously, it was 11-0. That's got nothing to do with the uh, nothing to do with the refereeing whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, fair play to Ballon for getting the game out, getting the game played with, uh, with the nine men. Disappointing that they couldn't get the 11 out just before Christmas to try and you know, make the game a little bit more competitive. But yeah, you just have to applaud both teams. And when people step in, um, Andrew, and they help facilitate games of football, we should be applauding them, not degrading them. I think so. I mean, I've never played in an 11-a-side match where the team I was playing in was down to eight men. That must be absolutely horrendous. And what a soul-destroying sort of fault at kickoff looking around that, you know, the, the, there's, the gaps. Eight, there's gaps over the pitch becomes massive uh, yeah. for you to defend. Uh, and clearly Dara uh, have been on in a real good form, run of form actually since 
since April time uh, last year and they went on that run and won the cup and, and they've continued into this year. Only two defeats in nine games now for Dara in the league. Really putting pressure on that game in hand would put them second in the table should they beat uh, should they win that game and now they'll go above top deck and their um, goal difference is very very healthy now on the back of this win absolutely so for them that's a fantastic Sunday they probably would have preferred to have got the win uh, 3-0 against um, 11 men but uh, they've done the job and, and congratulations to Dara as well because it could easily have been a mess around they could have not taken the game seriously they could have said boys we've it's Christmas. Let's not take it. Let's not take this game seriously. Let's take the foot off the pedal. But they've done a professional job as well, as shit as it must have been for the Ballon Mariners boys who have been improved this year. We thought they find themselves in the bottom two now as a result of this. Uh, and the goal difference not helped them. That's pushed them into the relegation zone. Um, you can only say both teams should, they, they've both done their job. They've, the Dara prov- provided a referee for a game that otherwise wouldn't have gone ahead. Yeah. Um, and Ballon would have got a fine for non-fulfillment of a fixture, which they exactly. are now not going to get. A pitch would have then been wasted, so they'd have had to pay that on top. And then you'd have had 20-odd blokes, you know, turn up um, for no reason on a Sunday morning. So I, I think, you know, football is almost the winner out of that. And, yeah. you know, we need to be applauding the, for the fact that anyone that steps up to facilitate and referee a game of football get, has my admiration. All I would say is thank fuck that it was a qualified referee and not just some bloke who was there watching the game with a flask in his hand 10 minutes before. Yep, I agree. Because that's what that's where you could end up. Is you just have to appoint someone to be a referee. It doesn't have to be a qualified referee. So thank you to the, to the Dara uh, representative who stepped up and did the game. And at least a qualified ref did the game. 100%. Right, into the Joseph Plumbing and Heat in League 4. Just the one game played yesterday. And we did say last week, Parthenope <laughs> will will put up a stubborn fight mm. against um, the free-scoring Poplar Rovers, uh, champions of uh, League 5 last year, nonetheless. But Graham, uh, Poplar Rovers had have had an absolute Christmas cracker for the last game of their 23 uh, section of the season. 7-1 winners against Parthenope. Um, they've conceded a quarter uh, essentially, of their goals in, in one game, Parthenope. It's been really tough to break down. I know. Um, I can't believe it. And Poplar Rovers just increased their credentials um, of uh, of another successful season in League Four. Yeah, I was looking at it last night thinking they don't score many, but they don't concede many. No. As you say, yeah. a quarter of the goals go in one game and then uh, it was a zero goal difference. And now all of a sudden they find themselves in sort of or whatever it was zero or it might have been one minus seven I mean it's just um it's just unbelievable really but we shouldn't be surprised with Poplar Rovers who have scored more or less double what some of these teams have scored in this division and uh, the juggernaut just continues and Mm. you know it's the same faces it's the same individuals who are rattling these goals in week in week out and you know We've, we've criticised Poplar in the past for, you know, having a bit of a leaky defence, but that certainly wasn't the case yesterday. They probably would have wanted the clean sheet, but, you know, you're not going to complain at a 7-1 victory against a, a, a tough and uh, resolute um, Parthenope side a week before Christmas. And, yeah, that's where you want to be in it. You want the table to come out. You're going to sit for two weeks. You're going to look at that table and say, do you know what? We're top. We've got five games five games to play, by the way. Well done to them. And yep. Southside in that division and others who are getting through these games. And you think, yeah, 
fantastic. Five games to go. We're in an absolutely brilliant position. Other teams, you know, we're going to ask them the question. They've got to go out and win multiple games in hand. Are they going to do that? Certainly in that division where it's unpredictable is questionable. So I think they've put themselves right before Christmas in an extremely favourable position. Very good. And don't forget, they drew with uh, Parthenope three, four weeks ago. Three weeks ago, two all. A tribute, obviously, to the man himself. They got four. They scored four against Premside Ballum, the, uh, the, the game after that, should I say. Um, so to turn that round 7-1, a couple of results that they wouldn't have wanted on the spin. Uh, and they've punished Parthenope yesterday. Obviously, obviously, made the tail of the game went. But 7-1 from two all a few weeks ago after disappointing cup loss. I imagine getting close to a Prem team. That would have stung a bit for the popular Rovers boys, knowing how competitive they clearly are. Um, so seven one is probably a big response to that to that cup defeat, and they've decided to take it out on Parthenope. Sadly for them, I think that's I think that's right. And um, what is also going to be quite interesting as well is that um, um, they like I think they like being the team that leads. I do think they thrive on that. I think they are I think they are better leaders than they are chasers. And I think that is that's going to be fascinating to watch over these last five games, how they pan out, because I think no matter what the fixtures are or who they're playing against, they just they've got the bit between their teeth at the yeah. moment and they probably go into any game in that division and I would put them as favourites as it yeah. stands. Yeah, they fancy it, you can tell. Uh, and it, and it's becoming, after a little wobble at the beginning of the season, they're well into their stride now. Uh, and last season, we saw that they didn't, they didn't, once they're in, once they're in that funk, they they don't get out of it. And uh, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, for Poplar Rovers. But yeah, definitely uh, the top boys uh, in League Four at the moment. Into League Five. Uh, and the results were as follows. Westminster Wanderers thirds, one. St. Matthew's Project firsts, five. Holloway Royals, three. Clapham Wanderers, two. Now, let's start with St. Matthew's Project first. <laughs> tough, tough season for them uh, so far, but doing what they do best and scoring goals. They've kept it uh, tight at the back as well this week, Graham. 5-1 win for St. Matthew's Project first. Uh, that's them uh, securing their space. It's in sixth at the moment. A few games around them, though, Graham, but uh, 13 games played, four wins, two draws, seven defeats, but 27 goals averaging about two goals a game. Yeah. Uh, so even for them, this is a great result against the Westminster first team who are struggling, um, but still uh, a good win for St. Matthew's Project Firsts. Yeah, no, I agree. They'll be um, feeling great about that result, taking that into Christmas. That's a, a nice, handsome 5-1 win. And I think that guarantees their place in the, if there was any doubt, I think that guarantees their place in the division for next year. And um, they're not going to be um, involved in any sort of relegation no. battle whatsoever. And, Westminster Wanderers thirds have got a big last six games to play, haven't they? And I would suggest that they're going to need to win three. I think probably three. I was going to say three stroke four, depending on obviously what Sporting London do with the two games in hand. I think if Sporting London get four points plus from their games in hand, then I think Westminster might be toast. I think so. Um, Bad season for them. Yeah. Uh, And at the top end of the table, Holloway Royals jump into second place. Uh, after Clapham Wanderers lose, that's their third loss on the spin, I think, yeah. Graham. Uh, struggling. They are struggling now, aren't they? Really struggling, really struggling. And um, they put themselves in such a good position, Andrew. They made such a good start to the season. I mean, they're not... 
they're not getting beaten in recent weeks. It's been 3-2, 3-2, which is a good turnaround from that 9-1 where they lost against um, Oldfield, you'll remember, right at the beginning yeah. of December. Yeah. And at that point, you did kind of worry for them about what the reaction was going to be. It's obviously been a positive reaction in terms of performances because 3-2 against Oldfields, you know, in the reverse fixture. Then obviously 3-2 yesterday um, uh, against Holloway Royals. Two really good sides who were up there with them. That isn't bad because, you know, you can expect teams to trade results amongst each other at the, at the top end of that division. Mm. But unfortunately, that's now three back-to-back defeats against teams who are in and around them. And now that is clearly reflected in the table when they've dropped down to fourth and they've played more games than the others. And all of a sudden, Clap and Wanderers in the space of a month have gone from being promotion contenders to being promotion well outsiders. Yeah, it looks that way. Uh, Sloan with five games in hand on the Clapham Wanderers boys as well. Uh, sitting one point, uh, two They're points. They're the ones to watch. They're yeah, they are. the ones to watch. Un- unbeaten so far this season. Only two draws uh, in five, in seven games with five wins. Uh, if they won their games in hand, they would be top by six points. So it looks like it's Sloan's at the moment to throw away. Uh, but Argentina and Holloway Royals will have something to say about that. Um, as but well. What a great field. division it is, how yeah. tight it is. And it's not only this division, it's all the divisions that we've gone through. There is still so much football to be played mm. in the second half of the season and nothing is a gimme at the moment, is it? No, there's no games, uh, a gimme, but some fantastic fixtures set up. Poised, I want to say, Graham, in, in all of the uh, divisions so far. But the fixture secretary will have to earn his crust in 2024. I'm not sure he did enough work in 2023. <laughs> well, actually, because of the weather, the fixtures the fixtures secretaries had a bit of an easy run of it in, in 2023. So we need to see how they react to adversity. I think they come into their own when it comes to adversity. I think that's when you see the pure <laughs> sign of a fixture secretary at the end of last season, playing cup quarterfinals, semifinals and finals almost in three weeks. I mean, honestly, please. Anyone that's moaning, oh, we, we're too far ahead or whatever. No, we're not. No, yeah. we're not. You never yeah. know what is going to happen. And the more preparation that I get and the more time that I get to schedule these games, you know, we can give people a little bit of a break between semifinals and finals and not get everything done too early. So, no, we, you can never play enough games too soon. Exactly. Interleague 6, where there were some games played. Uh, AFC Putney 11-3, Rygate Robots 2. Uh, Junction Elite thirds one, Alphaletico Madrid reserves two, uh, London Northcote and LMT sharing a Desmond in tribute to the man himself. Full of tributes for our no, lost. It's been a very generous, you know, spiritual weekend friend. this yeah, weekend maybe it's the Christmas. Him. Maybe it's a Christmas thing. I think so. Uh, I think well teams done. have deliberately set up at the beginning. I thought, do you know what? We, we want to play a, a tribute to the man himself this week. So we're going <laughs> to we're going to deliberately play out a 2-2 draw because, you know, we're not going out. I, neither of us are going anywhere. So, you know, we might as well share. A valuable point for London Northcote. Uh, I want to say a good point. I want to say a good point. point. Against a, a fifth place LMT, who yeah. we know on their day can beat anyone in League Six. So a point um, for London Northcote, tremendously uh, helpful for their plight to stay in the division. Uh, it's been a tough, tough 2023 for London Northcote. So, yeah, that to me feels like a better point for them. Yeah, I, I think that's a decent point. LMT, yeah, I mean, they're very they're very mid-tabley, aren't they? It's um, You don't know what they're, they're going to turn up with and you don't know what you're going to get out of them. So, Maybe um, LMT stands for lower mid-table. Well... It would if they if they were in sixth, then that would count. But because they're in fifth, then right. that doesn't oh, count. Yeah. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> uh, uh, AFC Putney <laughs> eleven, uh, and there uh, 
tough start to the season. It is seemingly uh, behind them now, Graham, and, and they've lifted themselves into fourth place. Or they remain in, in fourth place in yeah. the table by virtue of LMT just getting one point. There's some daylight between fourth and fifth place now in the league, and it looks like uh, we've got a, a very split table now. Yeah, I think if I was going to put my £10 somewhere, I'd put Putney to finish banging that fourth place. I can't see LMT overturning the seven points and Putney are not going to do anything on the top three because the top three is set as the top three. So I think Putney, that's probably the certainty. I think they're going to finish fourth in that division. I'm quite happy to say that. Yeah, well done to them though. After Clip. a tough start Clip to that. the season. Yeah, after, the, after a tough start, they were in the relegation zone in the early parts of the season. Uh, so now they found their feet and, and jumped up. But yeah. Six defeats. Uh, I think that's fine. I think fourth place for them, I think it'd be a good... There's some good sides. I think that'd be a good season. Uh, and the stubborn Junction Elite thirds we've seen uh, of yesteryear doesn't seem to be there, albeit with a close defeat no. against the uh, Alphaletic Cambridge Reserves, matching their first team and being real strong promotion candidates in their division in their own right. Um, Alphaletic Cambridge Reserves having a real good year, Graham. Yeah, and I am going to put a shout out here. I got an email from someone at Athletico yesterday, and I'm not going to say who it is, and I don't know whether they come from the first team or whether they come from the second team. But um, just a note to say, um, they played in, in Sunday football for 36 years in the most organised and best Sunday league they've had the pleasure of playing in. Um, shout out to all the referees. All of them this season have been good and fair both ways. Looking forward to the rest of the season and the years to come even if I'm not even playing in a few years. So that's a nice tribute from Atletico. What more do you need to say? Fucking, well, John, do fucking terrific. What a thing to say. Absolutely brilliant. We it's wish... A lovely, it's a lovely... That didn't he, he didn't need to send that. No, no. I mean, 36 years, he must be a bit old. Yeah, Maybe. well, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just having a joke. But well done to that fella for doing that because... You know, we're all quick to jump on the negatives and, and moan and groan about this, that and the other. But why not just say thank you so much? This has been this has been an absolutely brilliant season. Why not? I think you put something out on socials last week, Andrew. You know, thank the Lord for the existing leagues that are still out there at the moment. And be careful what you wish for. If you think things are bad, you know, it could be uh, the alternative could be a lot worse. Well, we get to see a lot of things on uh on the, as being the part of the podcast, we get a lot of information shared with us. And, you know, whilst we don't make that public necessarily, we know what goes on in other leagues and we see what goes on in, in newly formed leagues where the teams are sort of revolting, not the teams, but they're, they're, they're up in arms about the way the leagues are run and how things are decided. And just don't take leagues that have been going for 50 plus years just don't take it for granted. Even you, you, the likes of Westford, it's a newly formed league, but there's two leagues that come together that were to get that were going for for years. And you can't you can't mm -hmm. buy experience. You can't buy that legacy and that trust that 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 time gives you that things are done properly. And and as I say, new leagues that are being formed that that, that call themselves the elite uh, are being run quite the opposite and, and the teams that have taken a massive chance on these new formed places to play their football the teams are now starting to realize what are we what is this what is going on in this league um and they must be thinking why did we move why have we cost ourselves 30 games a season playing in our in our old leagues and now they're lucky to get 10 what's the point what is the point yeah do not take long standing things there's a reason that legacy and tradition and respect is earned over a period of time because it's been the hard work 
usually of unpaid, well, always in terms of Sunday league, unpaid volunteers putting the hours in when the league had 20 teams and it's been grown over a number of years and, and now it's 120 teams or whatever. And no one knew about the league. And, oh, I used to play in that league 50 years ago. It's a bit crap now. Well, it ain't that anymore. And that's because of the hard work uh, and years and years of recruiting teams and treating teams properly and being authoritative when you need to, getting rid of the crap teams that don't behave themselves. That is a thing that is earned. And that is why... I team... bumped into a... Um... Sorry, a, go on. A lamppost. You bumped into a lamppost. <laughs> no, I, I bumped into a chap who's been involved with Wandsworth Warriors uh, yesterday. I was refereeing their game over at Wandsworth Common, Andrew, and... Uh, uh, Ian, who was the club secretary, run the club for many, many years. And they're only one of the very few, probably less than, I don't know, a handful of teams that were in the Southern Sunday prior to me coming. So Wandsworth Warriors have got a bigger history and association with the Southern Sunday League than I have. And that is, these days, that is quite unusual. And, you know, I hadn't seen the guy for quite a long time and he's moved up. I think he's just club, club chairman. He's not involved in the active day-to-day -day running of the club. And it was great to see him before the kickoff yesterday. He didn't know I was refereeing the game and said, oh, you know, how great to see you. And he just said, just think back 13, 14 years to where this was, to how, the, how this was. And he says to me, he actually said, what's your reflection? How does it make you feel? And I said, you know what? I said, I'm absolutely buzzing for it. I said, we are in an unbelievable position as a league going into our 80th year next season. We are in an unbelievable position. And you know what? There are people out there who are envious. There are people who are jealous and they like to chuck their mud and chuck their criticism. Do you know what? I don't care what other people think. We have got a well-established league. We're good at what we do. We're the benchmark for a lot of others. And... I am proud of what we offer, 118 teams and sort of 50, 60 referees every week. I am very, very proud of that. And, you know, we'll go from strength to strength. And 2023, you'll ask me for my special moment later and, and I'll happily share it with you. But um, there's lots of happy moments. It, it's There's positives every week, Andrew. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, again, just to what Graham said, don't take, you, don't take these leagues for granted because you could go somewhere else. That's, that's meant to be better and sometimes uh the grass isn't always greener anyway there was plenty of green grass in league seven yesterday wow S southwest foxes five egg fried roost nil uh deportivo la carudia two voxel virgins nil uh and st matthew's project b nope that's league eight we'll leave that one that, we'll leave that i got excited uh we'll start with the at least you didn't give the score We'll start with the five nil uh, for Southwest Foxes. Uh, Southwest Foxes just just one of those teams uh, chasing down the top boys. Really, it looks like a top two, uh, and that alone, Southwest Foxes looking to be uh, the best of the rest this season. Uh, Egg fried roost having a tough old time uh, this season. Just two wins in nine for them. Southwest Foxes get their fourth win in ten. Um, that's looking. Yeah, I mean. It's a formality you'd feel for the rest of the season. It looks like Syndicate are going to be the relegated team. It looks like Deportivo and uh, Vauxhall Virgins will be the top two, in which order um, we don't know. But a big indicator on on the favourites, I think, is that Deportivo top at Christmas, nine wins from nine. Um, clean sheet against Vauxhall Virgins, who have averaged four goals a game. Um And yeah, but keeping Deportivo to two just shows the Vauxhall Virgins have got a bit about them. But as I said on social media yesterday, Deportivo just 
absolutely imperious at the minute. Let's go back to South West Foxes. So I Please. think they went on a, I think they had a good start to the season and they were in touch, I think, at that point. Then I think they went on some horrendous sort of run where they didn't win for five or six games. Um, and then in recent weeks, they've ground out two wins, get, getting the six points. They've gone from sort of seventh place up to up to fourth, which is about kind of where I feel that they are going to finish there or thereabouts. Um, and as you say, it's who's going to be in the third place and who's going to be in the fourth place. Um, Southwest Foxes, obviously, new come over from the Met League. Um, they played there last season. And obviously, it's a different ball game, essentially, to how we do things and how we run things. Um on the field, particularly as well as off the field. So yeah. I think it would have been a good learning curve for Foxes this year. But I think they have shown enough to tell us that with the right recruitment, with a year experience under their belt, that they can go again and they can potentially do something next year, particularly if you haven't got the likes of Deportivo or Vauxhall um, in your division. All I would just say oh, is... Sorry, I Southwest think... Foxes. Look, have a look at League 8 for the teams that are potentially coming yes, up Yes, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. It's not easy. Um, <laughs> all I would say, just in relation to kind of Vauxhall at the moment, I know that's their first defeat yes, uh, yesterday, but they've got to be looking over their shoulders and nervously at Westminster Wanderers fourths, who have only lost one in eight in their own right, actually. So I think Deportivo, they've got that game in hand. I think if they win the game in hand over Vauxhall, you know, that puts them five points clear. I can see Deportivo then going all the way because they've only got another six games to play after that mm. I do think Westminster are the are the team who are going to broker um, what Vauxhall are going to do I think if Westminster win the two games in hand I think that second place is on Vauxhall will obviously have to go into another game I believe against Deportivo so that is um, going to be potentially interesting so Westminster I think if they win the two games in hand Andrew I think we've got a race for second spot I think if they drop any points in them two games in hand then I think Virgins are going to finish second. Yeah, Virgins have beaten Westminster Wanderers false early part of the season, yeah. back in October. Uh, maybe that was that... Westminster's only defeat. So, you know, Westminster will want to even that up. And they haven't played, uh, the Westminster boys haven't played Deportivo La Coruña no. yet. So two games for them to play against, uh, three games, should we say, against for Westminster to play against the top two and two games in hand. I mean, I've written them off there in, in my introduction for, uh, for League Seven, but they could certainly become involved if they do the business in those games against the teams above them and get their two games in hand. I apologise so. to the Westminster Fools boys. Please, yeah, no, I was looking at this quite carefully last night. That that does that Deportivo result over Vauxhall. I do think takes Deportivo in almost a league of their own, and then I do think it's between Vauxhall and Westminster for the second and third. But they have to win those games in hand. Yeah, it's no good having games in hand. You've got to have points on the board. Exactly. If if uh, Westminster Falls do have any complaints, do please direct them to mark.steer at the southernsunday.com. Ah, right. And funny you mentioned that because he then, I said that to him during the week. He said, would you stop bloody mentioning it? He's going to set up, <laughs> he's going to set up a dedicated email, I think, for people to complain. <laughs> unmanned inbox that we're it's going to be, be one with an automatic reply and it's basically going to be Foxtrot Oscar. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, it's League Eight and the uh, division that keeps on uh, given uh, has given us uh, some big results this weekend. Um, so Matthew Project B3, Old Town 4, uh, Dara Reserves 1, Broomwood 6, uh, East Putney 3, SW Lions uh, nil. And from what I saw on social media, 
SW Lions gaffer di- disappointed uh, with the result yesterday against East Putney. Uh, but yep. nice, to, nice to see a win for East Putney for us, um, un- for us unbiased bystanders, uh, because it just keeps that top five, top six uh, a bit more honest when East Putney continue to win games. Very, very good. Um, back to normal for East Putney against difficult Southwest Lions opposition. So they will be very, very pleased to um, get that. Uh, over the line for sure. Um, I've got a little bit of a match report to read, or well, not a match report, but an end of year report to read from Exonians, Andrew. I don't know whether you've had it. I haven't. I haven't. Oh, I haven't, no. Oh. Do you want to read it at the end of the league eight, of the league yeah. eight section? Yes. Okay. Uh, the rest of the league then, Old Town continue uh, their win with a close, close win. It has to be said, made to work by uh, bottom of the table, St Matthew Project B. Um, but I think it's fair to say an old time uh, gaffer, if he's listening to this, will probably agree just getting the wins is all that counts now. I think so. Um, I mean, what are they going to need? Three wins, four wins. I think it's probably going to be enough for them. As long as they avoid defeat, I think in these big games, you know, you're asking Broomwood to go and win three games in hand and Venezia Dons to go and win four games in hand and East Putney four games in hand. It's a big ask. There's a lot of football for those clubs still to play with cup competitions thrown in there as well, Andrew. So, um, yeah, I, I think maybe three wins, four wins. I think that'll be good enough for Old Town and they're going to finally prove to us that they are a league team and a cup team. <laughs> a team certainly going well in the league lately. Uh, Broomwood. Uh, they get their sixth win of the season um, away to Dara Reserves, Dara Reserves and St. Matthew Put It Be, making up the bottom two in the table. Uh, and Old Town and Broomwood now making up uh, the top two. Uh, but Broomwood doing what they do, Graham, continue to score goals. Uh, as a team, uh, they have scored 51, the, lot, the, more, the most goals in the division by, uh, by some way, by six goals uh, over Old Town. And they've played six games less. Yep. What a machine they are. I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's absolutely ruthless, isn't it? Absolutely ruthless. Um, be interesting to see how the um, the final few games pan out because they're on such a fantastic run of form. And it was a bit quiet, wasn't it, earlier on in the season? But they really have picked up. And, you know, it is a bit of a juggernaut, three points after three points. And, of course, the goal-scoring prowess, I think, is um, definitely up there or thereabouts in that division. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Good second half of the season to come for them, for sure. They're definitely knocking on the door. Definitely. And the Exonians end of year report. Hopefully no puns. Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, so no game this week. So no match report, but a message as it's the last weekend of the year. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, wishing you and the SSFL and Silk Podcast teams a Merry Christmas. 2023 has been our full year as part of the setup. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Competitive games played in almost always the great spirit in a very well-organised league too. Promotion was, of course, our number one highlight, but a couple of individual games stand out, especially our eventful draw with Wimbledon Wolves in the Cup and last-minute winners versus SW Lions and St Matthew's Project. He says, feel free to read out on the podcast or not, but I thought I would read it out. But a Merry Christmas and a happy 2024 to you and yours regardless. Thank you very much to Exonians uh, and hopefully we'll get some match reports and some winning match reports uh, from you boys uh, in 2024. They've been a good team uh, in addition to um, the league and obviously have participated uh, with match reports for, for on the podcast as well. We do wish them well. Uh, we'd like to see uh, more match reports back from the Exonians boys. Happy New Brilliant. Year and all that to them as well. Uh, into League Nine. 
uh, and the juggernaut, uh, the juggernaut of um, juggernaut of juggernauts, the juggernaut of juggernauts, old ruts rolled into Hayden Park Station yesterday and left with the three points, two one for uh, old ruts against Hayden's Park. That's Hayden's Park, probably uh, promotion uh, thoughts. Um, maybe parked for the season. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Uh, but still some work for them to do. Uh, Tyne and Thames uh, will be, uh, they've left the door slightly ajar for Hayden's Park. It has to be said in that one. After their surprise 3-1 defeat by um, ninth place Wanderers, earning their um, earning their 11th point of the season. I was going to say they've had some games taken away from them. Uh, but pleased with the nomination for results of the week, Graham. And I think it's only Foley fair. deserved. Foley deserved. 3-1 win against second of the table, Tyne and Thames. A bit sketchy. And and I've got to say, Graham, it, it, they've, they've bottled that one yesterday. Feels like it, doesn't it? Feels like it. It's a, a little shame. bit. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame because you know that old ruts, uh, that was a tough game for them yesterday. So there was every chance potentially that they might, might have the possibility where they were going to drop a point. And obviously 2-1 is a very close game against Hayden's Park. And then they then throw in a 3-1 defeat against a team that's in the in the relegation zone. Um, yeah, they're going to be really disappointed and they're going to be sick when they've come off of that scene that the old Ruts juggernaut have put another three points on the board. I think by my reckoning, and I'm happy for any complaints to go into uh, mark.steer at uh, ssfl.com, I think old Ruts might just need possibly three Maximum four wins, and I think they can't be caught. 18, 21 points puts them on 43. Four wins, and it's done, isn't it? Mathematically yeah. done. Yeah, four wins for old ruts now in their last games, and mathematically, they will be lifting the league now. They're going up, Andrew, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if we were sure before, after yesterday's results, we're even more sure. Yeah. I think so. Because too. that's Tyne and Thames, obviously, nearest challenges in second, beaten. Hayden's Park, then the third team outside of the top two, beaten. Club International do football clap them, don't do themselves, and they don't do us any favours on the podcast. We want a <laughs> run from them. We want them to do something. Yeah, and they just do. hover and hover and hover, and it it just doesn't happen. One of the best names in Sunday League football. It deserves a promotion. Well, I mean, in fairness, in fairness, when you look at it, they're only five points off second. Tyne and Thames, after those results yesterday, are going to have to look over their shoulder. It's not guaranteed by any stretch of the imagination that they're now going to finish in second place with another seven games to go. So if Club International Football Clapham show some of the good quality play that we know that they can, they could ask the question, would I back it? Probably not, because we've tried to back it before and (laughs) we've had had egg fried roost on our face. Love that. Love that league-based puns, left, right, and centre. Uh, but well it's done. It's not bad, is it? It's not bad. <laughs> well done to Wanderers and Old Ruts yesterday for very, very good results. Old Ruts, yeah. I mean, blimey, we don't even bat an eyelid now when they when they win a game. It's expected in the league now. Uh, Fantastic in Celt Grassroots League Ten, verified and certified the best uh, league in the Southern Sunday. Verified by our independent adjudicator that came in earlier from Camelot. Uh, and five games, four games played in the best division yesterday. Argentina 2.0, one all draw against Brockwell Violet. South London peak and seen off 6-4 mm. by Old Freemans. Uh, Porto continue their good run with a 2-0 win against Junction Elite Fulfs uh, and Southwest Spartans with a final league tribute to the man himself. Uh, a two-all draw against... Uh, a pure football team who had been in decent form over recent weeks. 
Uh, Graham, uh, that result at the top end between Argentina and Brockwell helping out Lenton Old Boys, mm. also helping uh, Porto jump into um, yep. into third place. I think no, they were there already, second place. Just just a bit more pressure applied to the Argentina boys after a, a mini wobble. Uh, it yeah. looks like for them over the last month or so. Yeah, they've just started to stutter, haven't they? There was the county cup exit, obviously, to their first team. That's been a bit of a distraction. Obviously, if they weren't in that competition, they might have a few more games played. But nonetheless, nine to be been played, obviously, at the halfway point at the Christmas break is still a good number to um, have got under their belts. And yeah, that is developing in a nice little four-way tie I think Peak had had an opportunity to become part of the conversation um, they got themselves into that place and then they've obviously lost to Old Freeman 6-4 yesterday yeah. so I think that's now too many games played and they're too many points back so that's now you know it was a top six or top seven at one point for that division I think we've now got an established top four and you have to say that between Lenton and Argentina because of the two um, couple of games less than they played against the teams around them. They are probably the two favourites for the first and second places. Yeah. But Porto are clearly not going to roll over, and Brockwell are clearly going to take points off of um, off of the other teams. I'd probably say um, it is definitely Lenton and Argentina. They'll recover from their wobble, I'm quite sure, um, and they'll probably be fighting it out for the title. But um, yeah, who finishes them behind it is um, anybody's guess. Very tight up there. Yeah, uh, Brockwell just need a, need a couple of snookers, I think, in those games in hand for Argentina and Lenton Old Boys. They could do with a, a draw or two uh, from each of those boys for them to stay in intact. But uh, And I think that could happen. I think that's yeah, the think competitive so nature of the yeah. division. I mean, certainly you've seen uh, Brockwell with the three draws there and um, Argentina now, that's their second draw. The draws are starting to creep in and, mm. yeah, it's a little bit more squeaky bum time, I think. Uh, the best season to date, um, for Old Freemans, no doubt about it, uh, Graham. That's their fourth win in 13 games. Uh, a 6-4 win against a much improved South mm. London peak. And as Graham said, sort of flirting with with promotion places or, or pushing themselves up the table uh, this season. A disappointing defeat maybe from a South London uh, peak in perspective, but a 10-goal thriller uh, to see off the uh, to see us out for the, the Christmas break. We've got to give credit to old Freemans. They keep going. They've taken their medicine yeah. year after year last year. <laughs> they were they were poor at some stages. Yep. Uh, but for them uh, to get their fourth win of the season, you can just you can only say well done to the boys. I think they enjoy themselves, Andrew. I think they enjoy themselves, and um, yeah, they they they. I don't, I don't think they mind. I say they don't mind losing. They just don't take it too seriously. They dust themselves off and they turn up the next week. And that's what I love about the integrity of the league and the makeup of the league is you've got teams like that where, you know, it's a social element as much as it's a, a football element. And it's not all, you know, cameras there and microphones in your face and playing up to the cameras. And, you know, it's OK to just run a Sunday league team to just get a bit of fitness, hang around with your mates and have a little bit of a social. And if you win, you enjoy yeah. it and yeah. you don't get too high. And if you lose, you know, you don't get too dejected and it doesn't sit with you. I just think that's the beauty of, of what I call proper grassroots Sunday league, Andrew. I think we're along, we're along the same page. Celebrate and commiserate in exactly the same way by getting around your mates and having a beer after. That's 100%. it. <laughs> uh, and Porto, yeah, with that 2-0 win. That just keeps them cemented in that top three. Uh, against again against the Dunks and Leap Fools who have been improved and probably enjoying life a little bit more. They've um, slipped in, though, in recent team. weeks they as well. Slipped. The results they have, have just slipped. they were up there or thereabouts and the results have, have plummeted unfortunately. But yeah. nonetheless, you know, they're not struggling in the league and neither are old Freemans. No. 
Uh, four cup games played uh, yesterday. Uh, and in the Silk Grass route, Marcus Lipton Cup, Alphaletico Madrid get a win against Top go. Deck. The third time of asking Top Deck have had their number for the last two games. Uh, but Alphaletico clearly got it right yesterday. And for them, uh, that would have been so sweet to get the job done in, in the uh, Silk Grass Roots Marcus Lipton Cup. 2-0, Alphaletico into the next round. Uh, and no one will fancy playing them. No, I agree, and we'll obviously find out the um, the relevant draw later on. That'll be quite interesting. But what what I take out of this yesterday is a couple of things. We posed the question, didn't we, about whether Atletico would learn the lessons of the two league games, and that is exactly what they've done. Yeah, to go there two nil. That is a solid cup win against a rival, as you are going to record. It's a great result, and Atletico must be buzzing going into Christmas now because they've got top decks number in that competition, and, and and they're still in, and they've also got their number at the moment in the league division because they're four points clear now on a game in hand. Psychologically, that pendulum felt that it was starting to slip and it was starting yeah. to move over to top yeah. deck. Yeah, and just that one result hasn't only affected the the cup kind of mentality that's also affected the league to me as well because Atletico have played those two games against top deck now they've yeah. got them out the way yeah. they're on the same games played and they've still got a four point cushion mm-hmm. if you're Atletico you are absolutely buzzing going into christmas um and and you're going to be thinking yeah okay we're in the box seat you know we've got a great shout Top deck on the other hand now are looking over their shoulders that 11 that Dara scored yesterday Goal difference now is, is more significant than what Top Deck have got. They've got a game in hand. And all of a sudden, two weeks ago, Top Deck season was absolutely unbelievable when they were buzzing. Mm. And now there's just a question mark there. And, and I don't want to question them because, you know, I love the boys down at Top Deck. I love what they're doing. They've just got to be careful now. They've just got to, I think almost the break has probably come at a good time for them, Andrew. I think they can take stock. Mm. They've got to dust this dust this result away, you know, flush it away to get it. And they've almost got to start January as if it's like the start of the season again and that they're excited and that they're buzzing. Just go back to basics, lads. Just go back to what you were doing before. You'll get those results on the board, I'm quite sure. And then you give yourselves a fantastic platform for, for promotion. Can and, I say something it, controversial? Go on. I think top deck should be more worried about Dara than they should be about Atletico now in League Three. I think that's not. I think that's not an unreasonable. That's not an unreasonable point because top deck can't get to Atletico because at the moment because of the the, the four point gap. But they have to worry that they're going to go out of the top two if Dara go and win that game in hand. And by the way, let's include painters in that conversation that are one point away from top deck as well. So yes. Top deck should be more worried about not only Dara, but chuck painters into that conversation as well. Will Atletico go go on? You know, they have beaten all of the other teams in that division. You know, it's eight wins. So you do have to make Atletico very, very strong favourites for the division. And I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I would say I'm going to put money on top deck. But maybe with the Dara result yesterday, painters coming back to form top deck, you know, losing. I just think they have to flush it out go back to what they were doing before and the games between top deck Dara and painters and Atletico when they start to play each other. I think that's going to make this a bloody brilliant end to the season, by the way. Yeah, I think so. If too. you were going to finish in the top two in this division, the league table ain't going to lie and you would have had to earn to deserve it for sure. Yeah, agreed. Um, Great division. Very much so. In fact, Blundstone cup, a cup set, I guess. And I tell you what, Cosmos wouldn't get, have got this result last season showing their improvements. No chance. 
Uh, Park Life seen off 3-1 by Cosmos in the Frank Blundstone Cup. Um, and I'm not going to dwell on, on that failure for uh, Park Life. They've not been great uh, of recent weeks, but still, uh, as I say, go back 12 months and that's a that's a smacking for Cosmos in that in that game last season. But this year, what improvements they make in their, I mean, 50 plus years uh, as a club, uh, Graham. The, the innovation, the way to come back, the evolution of that team, should I say, not innovation, but I'm sure there's been some innovation within the club uh, over that time. But the the evolution of that club to come back from being woeful last season. Um, what a result for Cosmos United. Well, two years ago, or even a year ago, we were worried that they were going to go to the wall and that they weren't going to get even close to putting another 50 years um, on the board. And, you know, they've done absolutely brilliantly. They've They've not only surprised me, they've impressed me. Um, you know, they've recruited well and they've gone again. And, and you know, let's be honest, Cosmos are not even a top two or top three championship team that are absolutely banging form going to a Premier Division team. You know, they've they've won as many as almost they've lost. They're sitting mid-table in the championship. Yeah. I think that makes it even more of an impressive result that they go to Parklife, who are no mugs in the Premier Division. You know, they get their results. They're capable of upsetting the, the top teams. You've essentially got a mid-table championship team with nothing to lose going to a mid-table Premier Division team and they've upset the apple cart and they've done the business. I think that's an unbelievable result and quite rightly selected as one of the results of the week, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, mate. It's a good pick. Uh, a deserved pick. With the not, getting, not getting much traction, though, which I think is a shame. Yeah, I think, I don't know, the Wanderers one may be catching the eye because they've not been so good. I, I, I think it's, it's an underrated uh, result simply because they look at a mid-table side in a championship and just think, oh, that's OK against a mid-table team in the Prem. Not getting the credit they deserve, but for me, that's a fantastic uh, result for Cosmos. Probably would get my vote, to be fair. Um, in the Donovan Thomas Cup, two games played. Uh, and, oh, Mundial Beer back. Great, eleven nil win. Welcome, Hello, Monday LB. Welcome. welcome to the 23-24 season at the last uh, the last round of games uh, of asking eleven nil winners against Sporting Crab Graham. These are old. These are familiar result. That's a familiar result, should I say, for the Sporting Crabs boys from last year. We've seen them bounce back this year, but yeah, nice to see Monday LB as as a Monday LB fan from last year. One of the best teams in the Southern Sunday. Uh, pound for pound last year. Um, it's nice to see them re returning to some form. Hopefully they can do that in the league as well. Um, but Sporting Crabs, yeah, their goalkeeper didn't uh, wasn't able to help them in cup exploits yesterday. Yeah, I was going to say this, something very along the similar lines that you you said, essentially welcome Mondial to the season. And I think, is that going to be the catalyst now for Mondial? It's a shame that it's almost happened the last game because we now got a, a two-week break. But... I think that is a massive, massive confidence booster. It's a huge shot in the arm. They have got to be absolutely buzzing in that. And and maybe they, all right, they're, they're a long way back really in the league, but, you know, they will want to win as many games and finish as high as possible. But it feels like to me, they're going after this cup, Andrew. They're going after it. And um, they've got that little bit of a, a twinkle about them in the cup competitions. They yeah. do like the cup competitions mm. and they obviously you know, beat Sheen Park, didn't they, in the, the final uh, last year? And um, yeah, they're going to be wanting to go again. I think that's 11 nil for a Sporting Crabs team that started the season superbly. Okay, mm. they've dropped off, but I don't see anybody else beating Sporting Crabs 11 nil this year. It's as convincing as convincing goes. Fabulous win. It's a great way to end the 
section of our of this season. Obviously, it started twenty twenty. The start of twenty twenty three was outstanding for Mundial B. They've ended it as they started it. I guess that's a positive. Uh, the 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 second sort of third, the the, the middle third uh, of the season not been not been amazing for them as a I mean from August this year onwards. Uh, but that's a brilliant way for them to end uh, the season. Mundial B in eighth place in League Three, uh, and uh, the Crabs are in third place in League Four. Maybe the result went the way we expected, but the the, the form for either team has been um, a bit opposite. At Mundial B will be looking to continue with results like this and wins more win more games than they lose in twenty three uh, in twenty four. Should I say? Um, good luck to them. Crabs will bounce back. They've had they've been in worse places than, than an eleven nil win in, in the Donovan Thomas Cup uh, and, and come back. Uh last but not least in the Donovan Thomas Cup, Southside United three, Club Football Val three. Not quite the tribute to the man himself that we may <laughs> have wanted to, to close the uh to close the section out. Um, but a four three win for Southside United on pens. Uh, against Club Football Val. Both teams in League Four, obviously. Southside United second in the table. Club Football Val seventh. Um, Southside United, one of the success stories actually from this season in League Four. Started the season brilliantly, taking advantage of those early August games, uh, which set them up lovely for a real good season. They've only lost three of their 13 yep. league games, drawn two and won eight, if you offered them that. In, in August, they'd take that all day long, I'm sure, based I on agree. previous seasons. Uh, Club Football Val uh, have played nine, won four, drawn one and lost four. So a mid-table uh, finish for them looking quite likely. But they will be looking over their shoulders as well at, at the relegation zone. But those two games in hand, they should get at least one win just to put a bit of daylight between them uh, and Ribblesdale Rovers in ninth place. But a cup game, uh, a cup often a leveller. Uh, it took penalties for uh, Southside United. Um so I think no harm done to either team sort of credentials in this one, Graham. Club Football Val will know that they can go toe-to-toe with the best in their division. Uh, and yep. Southside, Southside United will be thinking, well, we got the job done on penalties uh, and we've shown a bit of bollocks. Yeah, they were disappointed, Club Football Vale, with their socials. They were disappointed. And I think you would be, if you're going to take a, a higher place side to... Um penalties you know you yeah. want to get the job done and 3-3 three, three, I mean it sounds like a terrific game by the way yeah. um, both teams you know love a love a goal um, and they love a bit of drama so um, yeah once it goes to 3-3 three, three, we know how penalties goes from a Southside United perspective it just keeps their season very very interesting obviously going for promotion and for the championship in their division and um, obviously they've got cup football as well to uh, look forward to in 2024 so um, yeah they'll they'll go into Christmas as you say feeling in a very very good position because you, if you'd have offered this scenario to them at the beginning of August before they kicked the ball um, they'd have said yes please thank you very much we'll take that yeah I think so too Graham that is the end of Not our quite result. the end. So there's the FA Sunday Cup result. Just oh to yeah. Give you. Again, sorry, Clapham Rovers. We know teams like to shout at us. This is this result isn't on full time. No, it's an FA competition obviously not a county competition or a league competition it says FA Sunday Cup third round Clapham Rovers played against Floundon and I think they were leading I think um, 2-1 and 3-2 uh, it finished 3-3 in the end at the 90 minutes and it went to penalties and it, it was the away team Floundon who won on penalties um, 4-1 they scored 
converted all of their four penalties and uh, it wasn't Clapham Rovers afternoon from the spot by the sounds of it. So Clapham Rovers are out. They'll be back to league um, business in January and it's Flounden that I believe go to Highgate Albion of the Barnet League in the next round. Oh, blimey. Uh, the holders of the, the thing, aren't they? I believe they are. Um, not that it interests me too much. <laughs> me neither. Uh, some, a certain league seems to have adopted it as their own. Uh, well, for me, you have to put in the, it should only be the winners of the top divisions and it should be for all Sunday leagues in the country. If then you did that, so it had all of the champions of all the Sunday leagues in the country, then that would be a proper FA Sunday Cup and then you would find out who really is the best team in grassroots Sunday league football. So until they do that, it's not for me. I'm not going to gamble my child's inheritance and on that basis, I'm out. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Bannantyne, for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Graham, uh, obviously we've got an important job to do in the second part of our podcast. So I'll see you on the second on the second part of the Southern Sunday uh, section of this podcast for the round four of the Silk Grassroots Marcus Lipton Cup draw. Uh, did you want my moment before we go? And thank you for reminding me. I, it was so off the cuff when I suggested it and I've forgotten to remind you. I wrote it down. I wrote it down because I knew that I would forget because you know what we're like when we're chatting. Yeah. What is your standout moment of uh, 2023? Okay. So I said I might give you more than one, but I've decided that I'm just going to focus on on kind of one event and kind of one competition. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to single out the Marcus Lipton Cup for a few reasons. Firstly, I just think it's just such a magical cup competition. It's something that everyone gets behind. Everyone gets excited about. Um, and last season was, you know, one of the best competitions I think that I can remember in a long, long, long time of being associated with the league. And I think that was because we had the uh, Silk uh, logo and podcast, you know, right weight behind the sponsorship of the competition. And we had an unbelievable year of, of, of cup sets every single round. And honestly, it was just it was just magnificent. And, yeah. you know, I really did feel like the, the whole league and listeners on the podcast and even from people from other leagues, I've had, you know, Jace and John from Barnet talk to me, but everyone knows about the Marcus Lipton Cup now. It's massively kind of inflated its reputation. And we had all of that excitement and we whittled all these two teams down to the final two. We booked an EFL ground out in Sutton United. We had yep. South City who were unbelievable. We had Swag who were unbelievable. We had a good few hundred over at Sutton making an unbelievable noise. We had a brilliant cup final. I just think the Marcus Lipton Cup and that final between South City and Swag last season, when that full-time whistle went at the end of that match, and I just sort of reflected not only on that final, but the competition, but of what had gone on, you, all you just feel was just, yeah, I played a massive part in in this and my organisation and hard work and putting it all together. You just take just half a minute or a minute for yourself yep. and you just reflect and think, yeah, I, I did that. I've got to be proud of that. The league has got to be proud of that. We're in a fantastic, fantastic position and a good night was had by all and a great experience was had by the players and the officials. So my moment of 2023 was the Marcus Lipton Cup competition culminating in a brilliant final at an EFL ground and... Um, uh, two great teams in South City and Swag. Justified. Absolutely happy to pass that into the moment of 2023 list. Graham, again. Have you got a moment? Let me sw- let me let me catch you out. Have you got a moment? What's been your moment of 2023 for the Southern Sunday League for you? Well, I, 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 it's going to sound like a cop-out. Top out, that. But, Top that. But, but of course, 
the market at being having the silk grassroots uh naming sort of rights gifted to us from the league was unbelievable uh, and yeah just getting to track that cup every round there's a cup set or two or three uh depending on what round you're in um and yeah i just i love doing the the, the cup draws um I lo- we've had a couple of cup draws uh for the league this year uh which are brilliant uh but yeah marcus lipton cup you know you know it was last season obviously but when we were doing the um the Sunday league show extras and like the predictors on, on that show were like, Oh, this bloody Marcus Lipton cup, like it, it, the hardest games to predict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just had, it's got that reputation. So I'd have to, I'd have to echo that uh, the Marcus Lipton cup um, has been uh, a highlight of 2023. It's been a highlight of, of, um, of the podcast in general, since we've started um, following the league or covering the league. Uh, thanks to you agreeing to do it, obviously. But yeah, the Marcus Lipton Cup has to be the big cup in any in any league. Generally, is the highlight, isn't it? Because it's the it's so. the it's the pinnacle to people like us that that like a cup final and like a cup competition. Um, it's the pinnacle, uh, and the Marcus Lipton Cup just happens to be in 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 terms of the leagues that we follow locally. It just happens to be one of the standout cups because the the strength and depth that you get on the Southern Sunday and the lower teams doing well. Um, a cup set is always on so that it has to be um a highlight and also yeah the, i mean the cup final being at a league ground is, is always special some most most of finals get played at step four step five step six pitches which is great it's still nice stadiums compared to uh some of the pitches that you play or referee on on a sunday but to get it to get a game at a, at a league um venue is is absolutely outstanding and some of those players would have had their best days the the players that played that game uh last season at, at Sutton uh that would be the best footballing moment of their careers that they'll that they'll never forget and and that's a memory that the league has helped to facilitate by taking a gamble first and foremost by a, a decent spend I imagine on hiring a venue <laughs> just back. slightly that did break the bank slightly but I think yeah. it was worth it but the players get that and they've earned it. The teams have earned the right to have that. Um, I mean, they were spoiled by getting that opportunity. And as I say, it is the best. It will be some of those players uh, in terms of venue played. It'll probably be the best venue that they've played at. But those yeah. occasions, um, they don't come around uh, too often. Even for top teams, you don't necessarily get to um, the Marcus Lipson Cup finals if you are uh, a Southern Sunday team. And uh, yeah, they're just... Uh, they're magical moments. The referees wouldn't would have got changed in a real nice changing room for a change, and um, and it's just the perfect perfect way um, for a cup final to be done. And yeah, as I say, the league has to take the league has to take a hell of a lot of credit for facilitating that uh, and taking that risk. And and obviously, you've been repaid to a certain extent by people turning up and and watching as well. Um, and hope, and you know, I, I, I'm not trying to put any pressure on the league, but hopefully that can happen again next year in 2024. Well, let's hope that Sutton United as well remain a bloody EFL team. But after after the weekend's results uh, last Saturday, it's not looking good. Well, both both of your teams um, lost this weekend, didn't Thank they? Thank you very much. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get a full mention in this week, but uh, yeah, I got it in for you. Thank you very much, mate. <laughs> Graham, we still we've got work to do on the other side, so I'll see you then. Thanks, mate. See you later. Over to the OBD SFL now with Jamie Nimmo. Jamie, the last weekend of the 23, part of the 23-24 season. 
Um, as noted at the first part of the podcast, uh, the opening section, a record-breaking year for the Silk Grassroots podcast, of which you've been um, a long-standing member of now, of the contributing team. We've beaten the 20, 22 um, numbers in terms of listens. Um, we're doing all right, aren't we? Not bad, eh? Not bad for a bunch of idiots, but um, <laughs> look, it's just good that people still find it interesting. Um, uh, you know, it's good the the chats we have in a little WhatsApp group and stuff. You know, looking for results and previewing fixtures and stuff. So it's all good, and it, it will make continue. At the end of this section, I'm going to ask you to name your moment of 2023, if that's okay. That is okay. I will start thinking now. <laughs> uh, let's get into the results uh, obviously no predictions or anything for next week so just the one section for the OBDSFL this week all of the games that Jamie and I are going to discuss now happened uh, yesterday at the time of recording Sunday the 17th of December and straight into the Prem Division uh, and Elmstead Jamie might be pleased see, to see the back of 2023 it's been a tough year for them all round after a brilliant end to 2022. Elmstead's year has been very tough. Uh, that has been bullet pointed with a 5-0 win uh, for Bickley in the Prem. We'll read through the results and we'll go through uh, all of this, uh, all of the games in a bit more detail. Groundhoppers win 6-2, a good little run. Groundhoppers are in now. That's them out of the relegation zone after six games. Well done to Warren and the boys. 6-2 win against Spartans. No mean feat that at all. Uh, and at the top end of the table, uh, Kenningwell having a flex uh, of their muscles uh, with a 2-1 win against title rivals at the time of speaking, uh, at the time of recording even, Farnborough old boys. David, let's start with the first one. Bickley 5-0 winners against Elmstead. A dominant win for Bickley at the back end of last season. Um, I refereed that one. And it was a real good game, a close encounter um, in terms of play, but Bickley took their chances on the day. But 5-0 win for Elmstead. Uh, a 5-0 defeat even for Elmstead. Um, it hasn't been a good 2023 for Elmstead at all. It's certainly not ending well for them. Um, <clears throat> it's a, a year's a long time and because obviously you get the, the back half of one season and then the first half of the next, it's kind of hard to, to put them into one. But in terms of you know how it's ending for Elmstead, it's not good reading at the minute, is it? Um, no. Rooted to the bottom. And yeah, that was a hard one to take yesterday. Bickley, obviously, of are looking up the way, but um, yeah, for whatever reason, it's just not been happening for Elmstead. And I'm sure that this will probably be the first time of a few that I'll say this phrase. But it's probably good that they're going to get a couple of break, a couple of weeks break now, um, to recharge the batteries and come back refreshed in January because they've got to start getting some results. Yeah, five points adrift now at the bottom of the table, and and for sadly for them, they've only really played uh, less games than the than the teams two places above them in the relegation zone. Other than that, um, really, they're playing catch up, but potentially with ground up as a game in hand and five points clear. It's a big gap to be making uh, to make up when you've when you've not been winning games of football. Just one win and one draw in their seven games this season. They're a good side, Elmstead. Good spine to the team. I'm not sure what's going wrong. We haven't been able to see him uh, this season. Uh, and Tony runs a very good uh, tight ship at Elmstead. So God knows uh, what's going on there. Bickley, though, move on to their third win in four games. One defeat for them. 
uh, and a plus eight goal difference uh, once Bickley catch up on these games in hand. Uh, expect to see them uh, up the top end of the table. That's where they're used to. That's where they used to be in the current holders of um, the top division um, title, nonetheless. Uh, some points for them to catch up, but they're they're, they're going well as well. Uh, ground up as Jamie with a good little run um, at the moment. Uh, that defeat of PSG uh, last week, they've managed to bookend that with a Croydon double, um, with a win against a Spartan side who I think we really like them on the podcast. We know that they're a talented side uh, and they've got all the all the, um, the the ingredients to be um, a top side. It's just really not happening for them at the moment. Really not happening. And, you know, it doesn't help that there's a complete contrast in how well Graham Tobbers have done recently um, from absolutely nowhere as well. They looked as if they could well be dead and buried and really in for a tough old season. But last few weeks have been exceptional, banging goals in. Um, and and winning comfortably against strong opponents, so um, that's nice to see. A bit of resurgence for them, and then obviously leaping their way up the table. Um, but yeah, Spartans kind of kind of need to put them in the same bracket as Elmstead. You're expecting a lot from them, but just not delivering at the minute. Worrying for uh, Spartans is they've actually conceded. Uh, they've conceded twenty two goals in their last four games. That is completely un Spartans like. They're scoring. They're scoring ones and twos uh, in their games, but they're not. Um, they're not winning. They're, they're conceding heavily, which is weird. It's weird to see for Spartans. Not sure what's going on there. Don't know if they're getting the numbers uh, to games or or what. Uh, going by their team sheets, the last game against Kenningwell, uh, they had three on the bench. So unsure what's going on uh, there. Um, but a tough, tough time um, for Spartans. They may be. Uh, one of those teams that Jamie's going to add to the need a rest uh, list for the two for the next two weeks. I'm sure they are. Um, and the Kenningwell Farnborough game, uh, top end of the table. Jamie Kenningwell now three points behind Farnborough, but three games in hand. Um, if they can uh, win all of those games, uh, that's them six points cleared. You want back against it an unbeaten 2023 section of the season for Kenningwell in the Prem Division. Uh, going by their club's social media account. The first time that's ever happened. Uh, Junior Baker grabbing a brace yesterday uh, and getting the man of the match uh, award as well. Um, I mean, if anyone deserves it, it's him. Oh, absolutely. He's, the, the word legend kind of gets thrown about quite regularly, but he, he's certainly worthy of that. Um, yeah, doing it all, isn't he? Jack? <laughs> Managing the team, um, unbeaten, top of the league. Scoring a brace, man of the match. You can't ask for much more than that, can you? But um, I was surprised at that start. I thought maybe over the 57-year tenure, you know, <laughs> at least one um, half a season unbeaten, um, given how successful they've been. So that, that was an interesting start. But, yeah, that result yesterday against a high-flying Farnborough just shows but they've been a bit more workmanlike, a bit more kind of steely in the results this year. And that seems to have what's got them over the line containing a free scoring fan by side and obviously junior popping up with two very big important goals for them so a, a really good way for Kenny Mill to end the year absolutely um the humble I think and and workman like is a fair reflection uh, of Kenning well 13 goals scored in five games so just under three a game uh conceding uh just under two a game uh so yeah getting through games uh, by one but They'll take that all season long if needed. And they're in a real good uh, role of it at the moment. Unlucky to Vince and all the lads down at Farber. It's been a good, a good, uh, 
good season for them so far. So they'll recharge the batteries and go again in January uh, and commence the battle um, with Kenningwell, a, a more than worthy um, adversary, I imagine, uh, and one that Vince and the boys will be relishing uh, and Bickley looking to get involved in that top fight as, as well with both teams into Division 1. And, um, well, two massive, massive results uh, in Division 1. First up, LSU, Lions, 2-1 winners against Long Lane. And Westrum, 6-4. They lose at home to West Wickham. West Wickham again, Jamie, showing us that when they fancy it, uh, they're a good side. The topsy-turvy season um, continues. Good wins in cups and good wins against top sides, uh, followed by disappointing defeats in cup competitions uh, and capitulation in, in the week after that in that game against Long Lane. But this week, they travelled down to Westrum in what I imagine a challenging, challenging playing surface down at Westrum, given the rain we've had this week. Uh, it's challenging at the best of times. But 6-4 win uh, for West Wickham. That's more like it from them. We, we, you just can't, you just can't predict their their games. No, nah, it's, it's difficult. Very, very hit and miss, as you said. Some fantastic results in cups and and league games, and then you know that they'll, they'll probably win. Oh, sorry, they'll end up losing one you'd expect them to win. But um, yeah, wasn't was really unsure where this one was going to go yesterday. Um, we always do fancy Western at home, and maybe. They, they might have thought they had that advantage, but it's, a, it's an excellent one for West Wickham. Obviously, neither team playing me a goalkeeper, which would have made it interesting <laughs> there. But um, yeah, just just reminding us what they're capable of, West Wickham. Yeah, I, I, I feel in Western maybe uh, have uh, done a little bit too much damage for promotion hopes for me with the teams that they're battling against. Two wins, two draws and two losses from their six games. Uh, they've only won. Uh, two out of their six for me. A third, that's not enough. Uh, and they may be missing out. Uh, West Wickham, though, they climbed to fourth in the table um, on uh, goal difference with that win. Uh, yeah, they stay on fourth in the table uh, on goal difference behind Sydney Sports in third. The other result, Division One, a massive result. LSU getting their second win of the season uh, at four times uh, in their four games, even. Uh, against a long lane side who up until yesterday, Jamie, were unbeaten. Uh, just the one draw um, on their, in a sort of negative way for them this season. But they are beaten by, we say every week, the ultra-talented um, LSU Lions team. Ultra-talented, super inconsistent. That's a, yeah. pro- that's a problem. I think if anyone had asked, are they capable of this result? We would have said yes. If they asked if we thought it was likely, we probably would have said no. Given the form uh, Long Lane have been in, they've been exceptional. Yeah. Unless you, you know, not exactly hitting the heights that we would expect, um, certainly with the ability they've got. But then it just shows you an off day. Um, I would assume Long Lane probably weren't fully at it, but then LSU are still would have had to really worked hard, got the sleeves rolled up, and you stuck in, and then obviously rely on that talent. Well, we do, we do know of one LSU player that was sitting in a Morley's at five o'clock on Sunday morning, don't we? Well, you know, let, let's leave that for the paparazzi to pick up on. Um, but yeah, uh, well, maybe it's helped, you know what I mean? That extra boost of protein. Um, but yeah, great result for LSU Lions, and it really throws uh, the uh, the title race in the first division back open for me because obviously teams will be looking at that thinking Long Lane are beatable. Um, and yeah, they'll be interesting to see. I think probably 
not the best time for Longland to lose a game. I think they would probably prefer a game as soon as possible to put that put that one right. But um, yeah, I don't think it will be too much of a of a, a disruption for the season. But it certainly opens a door for everybody else. It definitely does. The manner will be pleased with that. Uh, Sydney Sports will be pleased with that. That's a little sort of little glint of light for them in the title race. Um, even LSU themselves, once they catch up their games and add, they could be equal with Long Lane on points um, at the top of the table. So that has got loads of uh, legs left in it, that division. Uh, we're going to be talking about that, that title race all the way until May, I think. Uh, in Division 2, uh, the results were as follows. Uh, Broccoli 1, KS Mentivation 4, uh, LIC 3, XLP 7. Um, Jamie... I'm guessing Kamazi Striker's first team didn't play yesterday. <laughs> um, potentially. I mean, I did half consider this one for, for the poll, but Broccoli have been tragic in recent weeks, yeah. really have, yeah. losing heavily. Um, and if that hadn't been the case, then I think then I would have maybe gone with it along the same lines of, you know, Kamazi of for a couple of extra bodies turn up for them. But... You just don't know what's going on with Broccoli at the minute. I probably will need to check their YouTube out and see what's happening. I've not watched it for a while. So, um, but all the, it's a great result for Kamazi. Three brilliant, very brilliant result. Yep. Um, they obviously been been short of wins, but yeah, Broccoli started decent and have just yeah slowly dropping down that table. So, um, they'll need whatever it was they were doing right for long periods last year. They'll need to get back to that. Indeed, and a rough couple of weeks for XLP uh, with that loss to Beckenham Rovers and draw to Kamazi Strikers uh, last week. Uh, they get a, a win over the line against an LIC team uh, all at sea, uh, and they look to be uh, on their way to Division 3 already. Yeah, they do, but a, a good game for XLP to get yeah. back on yeah. form. Even then, still conceding three. All right, they've scored seven. We expect them to score goals most weeks, but conceding three, so there is still... You know, defensive issues there that they'll need to rectify when they when they're putting the teams up and around them. But yeah, it's it's not pretty reason for LIC regardless. No, tough and LIC whilst uh, uh, Woodside and and uh, and Hayden aren't playing football. Uh, XLP, all they can do is put uh, three points on the board, uh, and they've done that. Well done, chaps. A good way to bounce back from a dodgy couple of weeks, and now you can enjoy uh, the festive period with your feet up. Uh, a rest. Uh, and go again in January. Uh, in Division 3, whilst Greenwich Mariners were away, the we the rest of the chasing pack in Division 3 <laughs> looked to catch up with the boys. Uh, and DC Football put five past Ministry of Ball. With two to in reply, uh, they did ask Jamie on the um, uh, on the back end of the poll um, yesterday, um, what about the boys in blue? Jamie, DC, scoring, foot, scoring ball, uh, goals for fun even. Put my teeth in. Scoring goals for fun. Beating a mid-table Ministry of Ball. These are just the types of results I think we've grown to expect from DC now. Yeah, I think they should know better. But, I mean, worth a try. But um, if it was an 8-2 an eight upwards, it might have been, probably would have been considered. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think this was quite a predictable result. As you said, they've been scoring a lot of goals this year, DC. Ministry of Ball being a bit hit and miss. A um, couple of dodgy results of late. So, I think, yeah, three-goal winning margin for DC in this one was no real big surprise. So, um, But it's another huge three points for them and keeps them marching on unbeaten. So uh, they've had a very good first half of the year, DC, so it's a good way for them to sign off. 
can't be any better than what they've done. Five wins in five games in Division 3, scoring 27 along the way. They're over five goals a game uh, and managing to keep it to six conceded. That's excellent uh, from DC. What a good start from them. Uh, Ellis jump up into third place. All changing play, all changing positions here in Division 3 uh, as teams catch up games in hand uh, or not. Uh, but they see off Chislurst, who um, are ninth in the table. Chislurst 6-1, Jamie. Um, Chislurst not having a good December at all. No, it's not going well for them. That's a really that's a sore one. I think I thought there would be more evenly matched than that. I think mm. I would have fancied the Ellis for the win. But yeah, it's a really convincing scoreline. Maybe player availability for Tizzlehurst, which does seem to hamper them whenever they have one of these type of results. Um, but yeah, Ellis leapfrogging a couple of teams uh, until the table gets updated with other results. So um, they've, they've turned a little corner since we beat them a few weeks ago. So Wayne and his boys have obviously reacted well. Um, and yeah, and they, they're looking pretty comfortable now. Uh, a run of good form for Ellis. Uh, four wins and two defeats in their last six games, matching uh, Greenwich Mariners with that run over their last six games. Whoosh uh, on that same run uh, as those. So we're going to see this table uh, change uh, a lot um, over the next coming months. Uh, but well done to Ellis and DC, uh, both getting good wins on Sunday into Division 4. And, uh, wow, uh, this table, uh, this league, this division keeps on giving old Langlians and Wickham Athletic two teams who before yesterday were unbeaten uh, and someone's O had to go. Uh, and it was the boys with O in their name, the old Langlians boys who were beaten 3-1 by Wickham Athletic. We'll get there in a sec. The Warren continued their impressive form from nowhere, really. No one expected the Warren to be up here uh, in the table. If we are honest, it can only be the power of the silk logo on the sleeve doing the business for the Warren. 5-1. They see off a Hayes and Pickhurst side who aren't going to make um, any uh, any moves on the promotion from this table, from this division this season. I don't think Jamie Hayes and Pickhurst all at sea, but let's give the praise to the Warren with the Silk logo on the sleeve, as I say, one of the surprise, one of the few teams in this division, probably the top four at the moment, all surprise contenders uh, in the promotion run. Uh, the Warren outstanding so far. Brilliant. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Hazen Pickers, not quite the, the same team of, of previous seasons, but take nothing away for the Warren. You know, that that's not the first team. Um, that, that they've gone and beat well and handsomely in the league so they're doing extremely well Um, but yeah maybe only just pipped by Wickham Athletic who finally found a way to, to overcome old line lanes which hasn't been an easy feat for anybody this season so mm. two two big big wins for Wickham Athletic and the Warren in the craziest division let's not get it wrong Absolutely mental uh, Long Lane second still top without kicking the ball. They were away on um, County Cup action yesterday. We'll get to the results shortly, but they stay top by goal difference at the moment, uh, albeit with a couple of games in hand on the Warren, at least in the league. Uh, but yeah, well done to Wickham Athletic. Um, they're having a great, great season. Six games played, five wins and a draw for Wickham Athletic. Still no, no losses. Only them and Long Lane left in Division 4 now with no defeats. That's good going into 20, 2024. Into Division 5. Uh, and the results were as follows. Green Street Green Rovers 2. Kingsdale 1. Uh, Highfield Rovers nil. Shortland Spitfires 2. 
Alpita Colts four, Broccoli Reserves two. Come on, the Colts and South London Spartans two one winners against Petswood Roadrunners, um, and Western Wolves two one winners against AFC. Join us. Uh, plenty of meat to uh, pick off the bones here, Jamie. Uh, starting with the Colts, a 4-2 win for them uh, against the Broccoli Reserve side, who got a win last week uh, against the Joiners, 5-3, uh, unable to put back-to-back wins together. Uh, and that moves the, the uh, Alperton Colts, uh, keeps them, should I say, uh, in third position with Shortland Spitfires winning as well. Uh, that's them just a little, just keeping uh, that pressure on the top two. Uh, and looking for Western Wolves and Green Street Green Rovers to slip up, but they're not showing any. They're not showing much signs of doing that either. Yeah, they're not. But that's all the Colts and Shortland Spitfires can do is just keep trying to pick up points as and when they can, and you know, hopefully that there's a slip up or a, a huge dip in form. Whether or not it's likely, I doubt it. But um, same for for Kingsdale, really. There, they've got to obviously get back to winning ways and and try and put some pressure on the top, but. There's still quite a lot to play for, um, but I think this, yeah, for me, I think we're going to have maybe a, a, a title race of the two teams and then maybe two or three just coming up behind them. Yeah, uh, Shortland Spitfires, as Jamie said, with a 2-0 win against Highfield, they can't buy a win uh, at the moment. Highfield's last win was a long, long time ago. Back on the 19th of November, they beat the Brace Basement Boys, Broccoli Reserves 3-2. Uh, but it's been a tough baptism. It's been a bit of a baptism of fire for Highfield Rovers uh, moving into the OBDSFL. But they're holding their own. Um, they've not yeah. uh, embarrassed themselves at yeah. all. Um, but they'll want some more wins in 2024. Uh, other results. Uh, a, an impressive win for uh, South London Spartans, Jamie, against uh, a Petzold Roadrunner side who were up there am- amongst it with Western Wolves last season for long periods of time. Uh, Shortland Spitfires just showing they're a real... Um, not Shortland Spitfire. South London Spartans showing that they're a real safe pair of hands at this level. Yeah, I think I like that matchup with them and Pittsburgh Roadrunners. I think two teams who are capable of getting a result on their day. Mm. Um, and it was obviously a, it was a close game. And South London Spartans coming out on top. And hopefully, and I think they're one of the ones that just tend to go under the radar a little bit. They'll pick up these good, solid wins. But they're not really going to make many headlines. But um, I don't think they'll care as long as they keep no. picking up points. And, you know, that they could find themselves in a, in a conversation for promotion if they keep doing that. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a good win against a good Pittsburgh Roadrunners team. Absolutely. Two teams absolutely in the discussion for promotion uh, as a minimum. Green Street Green seeing off Kingsdale. An impressive uh, three points for Green Street Green Rovers for me. The clean sheets might have stopped, Jamie, but we did question... Uh, can Green Street Green Rovers get something out of a Kingsdale side who know uh, when know how to win a game of football when they need to? So for me, although it's not going to make uh, results of the week, that's a tremendous win for Green Street Green Rovers. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, it's a good test of their metal. Um, obviously, a little wobble with the Western Wolves game and obviously the, the, the clean sheet record going. So, um, yeah, I think a really solid test against Kingsdale, who, as you said, know how to get these games won and go over the line. Um, but, yeah, they've, they've come through it and they've got the win and a, a massive three points just um, for them to save her and now look forward to, to January when they can go again. Exactly. And, and having known that their opponents, Western Wolves, were playing AFC joiners who do find themselves... Um, in 11th place in the league and a, and a win was almost guaranteed. Western Wolves getting that one done 2-1, Jamie. Um, that makes that win maybe under a little bit of pressure for Green Street Green Rovers uh, more impressive. And But yeah, uh, Western Wolves, as I said, getting a bit of a, 
a businessman like uh, win against AFC joiners expected two one shows AFC joiners that they've got a bit about them. But Western Wolves again uh, after that loss to Sh- um, Shortland Spitfires last week, uh, getting the three points, and that's all that counts. That's exactly it. Just got to get the job done. Go over the line. I mean, if they look back at the end of the season, they won't care that it was only 2-1 they won yeah. on this occasion, as long as they've got that three points and and yeah, and keeps them going with the uh, Green Street Green Rovers. Indeed. Thank you. Into Division 6 uh, and four games played in Div 6 before we get to some cup fixtures. Uh, the results were Benners 3, New Park 1, uh, Bromley Athletic 2, ex Rasilians 1, QOB 0, Orpington Reserves 3, uh, and Sporting FM 2 nil winners. Against the Warren development, Jamie will start at QOB. Um, Orpington Reserves missing out uh, on results of the week, I think, because I said, Jamie, that LS, um, LSC Giants should deserve something for their President's Cup win against Sydenham. So Orpington Reserves missed out because QOB's recent form has been sketchy, to say the least. But what a result for Orpington Reserves. Um, fourth in the table after last season, they must be living in dreamland. Yeah, you're right, and I think it's fair. I mean, QOB were, were and a really good kind of rich vein of form. It's not quite been that in recent weeks, and opening reserves have been doing a lot better than last year. So it's still a massive and magnificent yep. win for them, but um, slightly less unexpected than it would have been last year, for example. So, um, but yeah, super. I'm good, really pleased to see. Um, because as I said, a good honest team who took their medicine at the end of last year, mm. you know, very fair in, in the reflection and the assessment of the season, and they vowed to come back and be better, and they've done that. So you can't be judging on that one at all. Definitely not. Uh, Bromley Athletic getting that two-one win uh, against Ex Rasilians. That's a good win for them. Ex Rasilians may be the Jekyll and Hyde side uh, of Division Six. It seems good results followed by uh, games against teams that they probably. Uh, should be winning uh, for our for our money, I think. Jamie Sporting FM up to third place in the league. They beat uh, Warren Development and they've jumped up onto equal points as the Warren Development boys. Sporting FM now sitting in third place. Um, top of the table clash though, Jamie, I think we should go there. Ben Hurst, top of the table uh, at Christmas. 21 points from eight games. Just one defeat, Jamie. Seven wins um, against a title rival in New Park, Aslan. Two games in hand now. The, both teams have got 21 points. Ben Hurst with two games in hand. Are we going to finally realise our dream of seeing Ben Hurst lift the trophy? Yeah, those cheeky pandas, they might well do it. Um, <laughs> that's certainly form for for title winners. And um, yeah, and if obviously they can go into these types of games, the, the, the head-to-head with the rivals, then um, great experience for them to get the win. Um, so yeah, the, everything's going their way at the minute. Um, obviously, with the likes of QOB slipping up, etc. Sporting FM making moves, but yeah, everything's going Ben Hurst way at the minute. So, yeah, they've got to keep the head, just keep it, keep the feet in the ground, and take it one game at a time. But yeah. you know that they can definitely start to dream. They definitely can. Uh, a twenty-game season, so twelve games left to play. Ben Hurst can mirror the form that they've had this for the first eight over the next twelve. Then surely, surely, uh, silverware will come. Um, but New Park, Aslan, uh, seen off 3-1 by the Benners boys. A different outfit to the one we've seen uh, in recent seasons, Benners. So this could be um, one of the podcast uh, moment for the podcast. We're big fans of the Benners boys. They've taken their beatings over the years and they've slowly, slowly improved. So uh, 
good to see for that for them in Division Six. Uh, now some Presidents Charity Cup games uh, and a nil-nil draw shared by Wilgar and Lesser uh, in ninety minutes, Jamie. But Wilgar getting the game done on penalties. Uh, I think we said two teams of similar similar sort of style and, and characters through the team. I bet this was an absolutely fantastic game for a nil-nil. Uh, but Wilgar getting the job done on pens. They won't care how they go through. They've done the job against a higher-placed team. Not bad for Wilgar. Not bad at all. And I think I read also that the, um, they were maybe light on bodies and had a, a rather heavy night on the Saturday before it. So if they've managed to go and get the job done, that's all the better if, if that was the circumstances. So um, I think we fancied them, both fancied them to win it. But um, obviously, now and now, really close tight game and then all the way to penalties, but it's a lot already. But Wilgar, you know, they're, they're good in cups and they've shown it again. So yeah, they, they march on. Um, probably made the hangovers worth it. <laughs> yeah, they needed the, they could probably glad that it didn't go to extra time uh, or with the hangovers. But yeah, uh, a, a, a good win on penalties will be so sweet for Wilgar. Well done to them. Commiserations to Lesser. Uh, congratulations to LSE Giants as well. This one, uh, making it to the results of the week poll. They beat Sydney Sports 4-2, Jamie. Uh, and Sydney Sports, despite being there or thereabouts, third in the table, uh, two defeats in Division 1. Uh, it's been um, a dodgy a dodgy um, December uh, for, for them. They lost to the Manor 8 two at the beginning of December. They've lost 4-2 to LSC yesterday uh, and a draw with Long Lane. Maybe, you know, two of two of those three teams absolutely red hot form at the time of meeting. Um but Jamie, a, a surprise defeat uh, for Sydney, you have to say, against LSC Giants. After getting past PSG in the last round on penalties, Sydney unable to get past the team they would have been heavily fancied against. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Um, you know, obviously the, the league defeat to the manor was quite a heavy one, and I'm sure they were licking their wounds after that. But this they probably would have seen this as a good way to to bounce back and rectify it, given the form LSC have been in. Um, but the magic of the cup, um, I don't think though as as much as obviously we like said, I don't think anybody can begrudge LSC a uh, win. Thing no, you. no. Um, so you know, all right, they could probably be doing me a couple in the league, but you know. You got to start somewhere. So for them to get a win and maybe go on a little cut run, hopefully gives them a bit of bit of reprieve for the pressures of the league business. So um, disappointing for Sydney, absolutely. But I think yeah, fair play to LSC. You did probably deserve at least one given the start to the season you've had. Absolutely agree. And uh, the next four fixtures for LSC Giants are um, LSU, Bex United, Westrum, uh, and X Blues. Uh, Dio Valente. So you'd have to say for LSC, they could really use that springboard, that game against Sydney Sports, that good win in the cup as a little springboard for them uh, as they return to um, league action. Four games from four teams who haven't been set in the world alight um, in Division 1. So maybe maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel for LSE. Maybe they would have wished they had a game next week. When you when you get a win like that, Jamie, a big win, you you probably you're, you're excited for the next game. So two weeks just might kill that momentum, and they'll be looking to go again. I, I guess it shakes it shakes anything out of the system. Uh, a run of bad results or or a good result, you're just starting a fresh either way. I, I guess so. They're not they're not really losing out much. Probably not, but I mean I think I agree. They probably would like the next game to come soon just to get some momentum, but. 
like they just got to take the win at the end of the day, and then hopefully they can call on that when when things start back up again in a few weeks. Yeah, last but not least in the Kent Sunday Junior Trophy, um, Long Lane seconds through to the next round after beating the Alpington and Bromley's own Alpington five four the score um, after extra time. Uh, but I think the main thing that we should shout out, Jamie, is the thank you that one of the Alpington players gave uh, the Long Lane uh, first aid staff down there yesterday after what sounded like a uh, an, a, a, a collision, a, an elbow or something to, to his head. He, he he collapsed and for whatever reason, went back on the pitch and, and collapsed again. Um, then was resuscitated, went back in and, and fell again. And, and the uh, Long Lane first aid staff being absolutely praised by the player Ryan from Alpington, who we wish all the best and hopefully no long-term no long-term damage is done by by whatever injury uh, happened yesterday, Jamie. But just the importance of having that trained person uh, around clubs uh, paying off again in Sunday league football. Absolutely, and uh, you know, just it's, it's so so important, and um, the reason why that teams are encouraged to do this, and, and it's mandatory if you want to be accredited, you, you've got to have people trained to with these skills and um, you know we saw it in the professional game as well with, with Tom yeah. Lockyer and yeah. you've obviously got the luxury plenty of medical staff and, and doctors etc but it's, it's the volunteers that you know that are the proper heroes and yeah um, Lisa down at Long Lane she's a lovely girl she, she's down there every weekend working away and fair play you know she's reacted sensationally well and you know the, the guy's got a lucky escape and yeah it's good to see him glad he's alright um, but yeah, if, if there's anybody who, you know, debating whether oh should I should I not maybe do a first aid course, then absolutely go and do it because you never know when you're going to need it. And uh, as, as we've seen, it, it's a lifesaver. Yeah, uh, the result really sort of secondary to that, but it sounds like uh, Long Lane Seconds pleased with the win and and as a club conducted themselves uh, fantastically well yesterday in, in what could have been uh, a terrible situation. Uh, even the referee getting praise in the end from from the player. Uh, the referee managing to put some training and put the put the player into the recovery position, uh, and that's a, a major thing. So, pats on the back all round. Sunday league community coming together, uh, and I mean, say potentially, probably saving saving a life um, of that young man who I've managed to referee a few times. He's a good lad, and um, he uh, you know it's good to see uh, that he's on the mend. Uh, hopefully, uh, no permanent damage done. Jamie, that is the end of our um, results section for 2023. The last recording of 2023. Um, so I just ask you, what has been your OBDSFL moment of 2023? So uh, is this from a pundit perspective or from a mariner's perspective? It can be what from whatever perspective you want it to be. Okay. Um, I guess from a, I'll, I'll probably give you one of each then. So from an OBDSFL perspective... Um, we saw the end of the first season since um, a few big name teams had, had left and obviously left quite a gap and there was a lot of reshuffling and organisation and, and new teams etc having to be done by the league um, and I think they got it spot on I think they did exceptionally well and I think we're seeing the fruits of that this season when you look at Division 1 and Division 4 for the, probably the best examples like you know that the strength and depth of the teams all through these divisions is excellent Mm. Um, the league looks to be thriving with, with the, the the strength of the team that's coming through, and 
you know, we've, we've got new teams, we've got teams merging and, and teams that, you know, are, are still going strong several years later. So I think the league's in a very good place and, yeah, maybe some of the, the, the negative energy moved on, shall we say. Yeah. Um, and you can definitely see that there's a bit of a freshness around the place. And, um, yeah, so long may that continue um, from a league perspective. And I, for, for, I mean, me at Mariners didn't have much to shout about in 20. 2023, but um, you know, with a couple of good wins at the end of last season, but I think for the moment that stands out probably would be a last minute winning against Wish um this season a few months ago, um, a game where probably in the past we have and and could well have done again going under two 0 down early doors and against a very good side and we could have been on the wrong end of a pace in there, but we we rallied, we got back into it. It was an excellent game for the neutral, obviously finishing five four where. The ninetieth minute header for Raf, so I'm go- that'll be my personal moment, um, from a Mariners perspective because it set us off on this excellent run of walkovers and wins that we're on. So, uh, yeah, that that though, but those would be the two from a, a pundit perspective and also from a, a managerial one. I'm with you on that. My moment for 2023, I think, as you say, is the clear out of um, the teams going over to uh, the Sunday Football League. Uh, the I wanted one of the old school teams to be the ones that won the the the, the senior division as it was last year. So obviously, a, a Bickley, uh, Kenningwell or or Farnborough for me, hopefully, would win the league. And to see Bickley do it uh, last season was absolutely fantastic. You know they've written off they're written off as as old and and past it every year, uh, and yet again they've gone again uh, last season, won the league, uh, pretty comfortable as well I think in the end. But this season it looks like they're back as well. Um, so for me to see uh, an old face return to the top of the uh, the pile uh, and get that get their name on the trophy after all the the razzmatazz and all that that we've had over the last few seasons in the OBDSFL um, that negative energy as Jamie says I think the negative energy remains with those teams in in the, their chosen league maybe feeling like they've made a mistake going elsewhere. Uh, the OBDSFL has thrived and obviously teething problems over the summer this year with personnel changes at the committee level. Um, but they seem to be uh, with some familiar faces back in, in familiar positions, Jamie, pulling things back together. But the league celebrating a long, long history. Uh, and as I did say on social media last week, don't take your long, don't take leagues like the Alpington and Bromley for granted. If you're a team in there and you're feeling a bit, you know, cheesed off or whatever, you can't take, long-standing leagues like this for granted because you don't know how good you've got it. 100%. I mean, 75 years this year for the league, so they, you know, they know a thing or two about how to, how to run a successful competition. So, yeah, I, I fully agree. Um, you might have the odd gripe, but at the end of the day, it's volunteers who are giving up their time to do a solid job so that we can all play football at the end of the day. And we get to talk about it every Monday, which helps. Yeah, thank God for that. Jamie, have a very good break. Thank you for your help in 2023. Uh, Enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your break. uh, And I'll speak to you um, as soon as we can in the new year. We have games to review almost straight away in the new year. Yeah, looking forward to it already. And yeah, hope everyone has a a safe and merry Christmas. Thank you, mate. Speak to you soon. Bye. Last up on our results and our last Westford section of 22, 23. Sorry, I've done that all day. 2023. 
in a record-breaking year for the Silk Grassroots Podcast, the most listens yet, Gibbs, as we enter the end uh, of 23, coming into 24. Um, a big year for the podcast. Welcome. How are you? I'm very well, player. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. A good, a good Sunday yesterday. Yeah, well, well, for once in a while, yeah. Um, it's a shame it was a like a not a nothing game for us, should we say? But um, it was a game where we couldn't qualify out the group, so it was good to get a win, a good momentum uh, for us, maybe taking into the new year. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, it was a a kind of a dead rubber for us. Do you know what I mean? Wins a win. Momentum is everything. I had an enjoyable game yesterday. We'll get to those fixtures uh, in a minute. Let's start with all of the results in the uh, Supreme Trophies uh, combination. Uh, all games that we're talking about uh, on this part of the podcast were played on the 17th of December. And straight in with the combination results. Renegades 2, Rising Talents 2, a tribute to the man himself, a Desmond in tribute to the man himself, first up on the podcast in Westfar. Uh, Ball Tarks 3. Crockenhill 5, Eltham Lions 1, Joga 2, uh, and Eltham Rovers 4, Greenwich Park Rangers 3. Gibbs, let's pick the bones of that one. Uh, I saw the Eltham Rovers boys and Joga and Eltham Lions and Greenwich Park Rangers yesterday all down uh, at STC yesterday. A busy, busy day um, down there yesterday morning. Um, festivities and Christmas songs blaring out of the changing rooms yesterday. Uh, it was fun. It was a fun place to be, um, but not fun on the pitch for Elton Lines yesterday. 2-1 against Joga. Uh, they're just starting uh, to put a little bit together now, Joga. It's taken them uh, a while to find their feet, uh, but that's two wins on the bounce now for Joga. That win against Greenwich Challenge in the Cup a couple of weeks ago, uh, and now backing that up with a win in the league. Um, we did fancy him to be decent at the beginning of the season, um, but that's a good, solid result for Joga. Seventh place in the combination now. Uh, they should look to push on into in 2024. Yeah, building up some momentum, as we were just saying. Um, two wins on the bounce. That, that we did expect a little bit more from them. But as you say, maybe the, the change from the Met League uh, coming across, they're, they're just finding their feet, but maybe a big 2024 for them. Absolutely. Uh, Renegades and Rising Talent sharing a draw. That result not really helping either team, really, Gibbs. Yeah, Renegades not one in five now. They've had a... Uh, a loss to Eltham Lions and Metrogas and had the draw with Bulltarks and Rising Talents, draw with Metrogas, uh, Friel. So they're, uh, they've not, yeah, last, last, their last win came back in uh, October against Jam. So it's not, they've not had a good couple of months, Renegades. Um, no, they'll, they'll definitely be looking for a stronger 2024. Tough, tough yeah. season. 10 games played for them already. So they've played quite a lot of their, um, first, they, I mean, they nearly finished their league fixtures, Gibbs, didn't they? Yeah, they're only, I think they're only going to have one more game left. So hopefully they're still in the Cups. Otherwise, it's going to be quite a long wait for them to wait for um, the the next Big round. One. Yeah. Um, could be a, a, a tough second after the season for them. If they're not in any Cups, there might be a lot of stops starting, which you don't want to see. No, they've got long late. They've got, sorry, they've got Red Velvet and Elton Rovers to play in their next two games. First two weeks of January as well. So, yeah, they will be done. Uh, pretty pretty sharpish uh, in their uh, league fixtures. Uh, other results in the league. Elton Rovers continued their impressive season gives. Fourth in the combination after seven games, five wins now and two losses 
after an impressive 4-3 win against Greenwich Park Rangers. Greenwich Park Rangers is having a bit of a wobble over the last couple of months, Gibbs, but certainly both of these two teams um, and Crocky and Hill, uh, absolutely showing why uh, it was a good idea to create the combination. Two teams who were playing, three teams even, who were playing their football in um, the senior division uh, at the start of the season, all three of them in the top four at Christmas. That is a very, very decent performance from those teams. Yeah, I think Elton Rovers are flying at the minute, and they? they had a big win in the uh, PCC last week against Brixton. Um, obviously, I know they had that game with uh, Red Velvet. They they came out uh, without a win, but yeah, eight six or something silly eight, like that, wasn't it? Yeah, them. The, obviously yesterday against Greenwich Park Rangers, I think they've had a real good first half to the season, Elton Rovers, and I think they've been uh, they really have took the step up and and uh, applied themselves really well. Greenwich Park Rangers, I think, again, I think Gary's done a good job. I think they've mm. been a, a welcome addition back to Westford. I think they've uh, they've held their own. I know they've had a few uh, losses, a few wins, but they've they've always been in games and they've all been competitive games. I think both of them have been a, a real good addition to the Prem. And like you say, with Crockett they've they've all held their own. They've all had some really good results. And um, I think, yeah, I think it, it's exciting up there. I think um, there'll be some good, there'll be some good games come second half of the season. Absolutely. Uh, and Crockett Give them a quick mention. Uh, away at Bulltarks for Crockett on that 3G pitch. Um, showing that they can play a bit as well. Bulltarks on that pitch are synonymous with uh, their style and how they knock the ball around. So Crockett getting the job done 5-3. Uh, that puts them second place in the table. Equal points with Red Velvet. Uh, Red Velvet with a few games in hand, however. But just showing, um, as I said, uh, on many an occasion that you know the idea was to keep teams playing football by creating the combination. Uh, and some of the, and at least three of the teams have taken to that like a duck to water and Crockett yeah. Seven wins from 10 games. What a great start to the season for them. Yeah, definitely. I think Dave and uh, the team down there have, have done really well. I know they had that, that little uh, uh, loss to, to Joga, but they've had some real good results, haven't they? I mean, they've beat Bulltark, Seltham Lions, Northern Eagles. Obviously, they lost the Velvet, um, but then they beat Metrogas as well in the league as well. So uh, they beat Elton Rovers. They've they've more than held their own, and um, they've they've had a real good first half of the season. I think. Absolutely into the King of Arts Media Production Division One, the fifth best division, the best division. Start off with the Meridian Derby, Barnhurst five, Abbey Mead nil, and as tends to happen when these two meet, Gibbs Barnhurst get a big win. 5-0 for Barnhurst going into uh, the Christmas break. That's an absolute cracker for them. Yeah, uh, a real good win for, for Barnhurst. And I think, um, I mean, this result made result of the week. But purely on on form, I know Abby Mead haven't played a lot of league games. But before yesterday, they had um, obviously beat Forza. I know they drew with Bexley. They'd beat Borden, they'd beat Woolwich, they'd beat SC Niners, they'd beat Joga as well. So you're looking at three, four, like five wins and a draw in their last six games. Um, they was coming into it as, as the form side because Barnas obviously had, had been a little bit hit and miss. I know that they beat Velvet, and uh, but then they'd, been, they'd lost to Avery. They'd beat Bexley 4-3, Old Fortronians 4-3, lost to Junior Reds, uh, lost in the London Cup. So... You, you might have looked at Abby Mead as the favourites for that one, going on form. But Barnas put them to the sword and 5 nils an, an emphatic win. 
Absolutely. Great win for Barnhurst. That's them uh, up to uh, third place in the table um, with a game played more than the likes of uh, Hartford, Kingsford uh, and Abbey Mead just uh, behind them in the table. Uh, on the subject of Hartford, they played FC Forza Greenwich yesterday. Uh, over at STC, i got to say, not the greatest of pitches, um, but we got the game on nonetheless. A tough pitch, especially one side of the pitch. Awful uh, for the players uh, to, to play in, but they got the job done. And Hartford got off to an absolute fly yesterday. 4-0 up after 36 minutes, albeit against a depleted um, Forza Greenwich. Much different Forza Greenwich to the team I'd seen uh, draw with Blackfin and Erif uh, a few weeks ago. Goalkeeper, different goalkeeper. It seemed players were were putting a shift in first and second half of Forza in goal. But nonetheless, uh, Forza were, uh, not Forza, Hartford were rampant in the first half. 4-0 up after 36 minutes. Uh, Forza ended up getting a goal in the 38th minute with a looped header, flicked on header uh, from uh, Ross, formerly of Barnhurst, getting the flick on uh, and somehow it found its way into the net. It, it was about a 30-yard header, which was absolutely mad to see. Um, but they went in 4-1 at halftime. Uh, second half, um, Forza came, uh, Hartford came out and got the fourth goal, uh, the fifth goal even uh, on the 50th minute. And then really the game went flat for the rest of the game. Um, but it was excellent to see uh, all of the Hartford lads again. Some tremendous players, not just the names who you see on full time, but uh, two, their centre half and captain, brilliant player throughout the game. Um, really good bloke, good chat in the game as well. Uh, and going forward, uh, Burford, who scored uh, a brilliant header, standout goal of the game for me, was the header. There were some good goals, but a brilliant header for me in the first half. Uh, and Simmons, I think, cutting in off the left it on one occasion to smash home. Two excellent players. Um, but yeah, a, a well-deserved win. Comfortable in the game. Uh, comfortable so much that basically nothing happened in the last 40 minutes of the game. Well done to Hartford. That's there. Um, winning run extended um, and who's going to end that uh, Hartford's next few games uh, are big in the new year um, so they'll look to they'll look to continue their good run uh, they are fourth in the uh, division one table uh, only one defeat two wins plenty of football for them to play uh, obviously they've done well in cups uh, their next f um, four fixtures look to be cup fixtures uh, they play Footscray Lions will be a good game. Bexley Village Vets, South East Athletic Maroon. Uh, and then they play away in the London Cup. Uh, so four big games. No league no league fixtures in sight for Hartford. But it was nice to see all the lads yesterday. Good to see Kamal and all the lads again uh, on Sunday morning. Um, hope to see you again soon, gentlemen. Uh, Able Environmental Division 2. Uh, the results from that division were as follows. Uh, Avery Hill, six. The 69ers, four. Uh, Adas, two. Crayford Athletic, four. I'm going to applaud that win in a minute. No disrespect, Adas. Advent Mighty Royals, two. Junior Reds, five. Now, Gibbs, there's two big results there for me. Uh, one particular. Crayford Athletic literally announced that they were folded. Then they, and then they did the whole Wolf of Wall Street thing. We are not leaving. To, for them to get a win... This weekend on the break towards Christmas, that's going to give them a massive amount of confidence. Adas, I know mugs at all. They are struggling, just sitting above the relegation zone now. Uh, but Adas, with that um, really 
Um, good win against Footscray Lions a few weeks ago. They've had some tough results since. Um, but Crayford Athletic have had their troubles as well. So that win will be absolutely huge for them. Yeah, I mean, Adas are just leaking goals at the minute, aren't they? Like last three games, uh, six or seven or four. And before that, they had that good win um, against Footscray. But then they lost 11 and 10 before that as well. It's just... It doesn't get any easier for Adas, and uh, obviously we've always we've always given them a lot of praise and said that they are they are a top side. They're just going through it a little bit with injuries at the minute. But Crayford, you can't be nothing but happy for them. Obviously, like you said, off the back of uh, folding um, to come back and and obviously to to get a win, and and they've 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 carried on and they've they've plugged away at it, and uh, I think they they deserve that. The Avery Hill Express continues, and uh, they win against SE 69 as 6-4 Gibbs that's a big big result for them yeah 5-0 up relatively early um, in the game uh, credit to uh, the Niners because they carry on plugging away and plugging away and um, against a very good side in um, in Avery Hill I think uh, it's, it's that, that fella Owen I think he's got another three not Owen sorry his brother um Wayne, the, the kid up top, or the, he's just a, he's a he's just he's a he's a real good player. He scored, I think he got three yesterday. Again, I'm not sure how many goals he's got for the season, but he must he must be well into double figures, probably even bloody in the twenties. He scores every week, and uh, Owen, I see him last week on crutches, and he was back in goal yesterday. Uh, it was like, uh, hopefully, it, not doing himself any damage. No, I hope not. But it was like uh, it was like the quickest recovery I'd seen. I was I was on the way over. I said, "Oh yeah, Owen's probably not playing because he's he's he was on crutches last week. Next thing he was in the he was in the goal." Um, but yeah, real good side and and full credit to the Niners. I mean, putting four past a good a good Avril team as well. So I think uh, both teams can uh, take take positives from that game. Yeah, it's been a while since Avery Hill have conceded four. Avery Hill on the back of that result. Just closing the gap on Footscray Lions at the top of the table. Both teams on six points with six games played uh, with identical records. Uh, only a plus two goal difference uh, over over Avery Hill uh, seeing Footscray Lions at the top of the table. That is going to be a real good run in with New Park on the same amount of points um, as well. Uh, that is going to be a hell of a run in at the end of um, the season up to uh, May for Division 2. Junior Reds as well, Gibbs. In a good run of form, another five goals for them this week against AMR. Uh, they scored seven. They put seven past Adas uh, last week in the in the league, uh, and yeah, they're they're having a good time of it of late as well. Yeah, the top like three in that division is mental. The fact they've all played six, one, five, lost one, and it's just the goal difference uh, separating them. And then behind that, you've just got Junior Reds. Obviously, just played a game more, but uh, three points behind. There's going to be some top games there, second half, second half of the season. Uh, that'll be one one division to watch out for because whoever whoever wins that division would would have definitely earned it. With, with uh, it's hard to say, and you can't count anyone out, but it's it's going to be one of those four in it, really, yeah. just with the points margin already. But um, yeah, the, the, whoever wins that division would have deserved it. I think so too. In the Mark W Foundation Division Three, uh, the results were this: Danton Albion two. Borden Sports 3 uh, and Springhill United 2, Kingfisher 1. I've got a match report from Spring Hill, so I'll read that out quickly. Not too long. 
Uh, one from Danny this week. He's keeping it short now, thank God. Hello, mate, says Danny. Uh, we'll take the 2-1 today. Big three points, but think myself and the boys got away with one. Uh, just wasn't at the races. Scored an early goal. Sid Huckett then sat from by Sid Huckett. Uh, then sat back, gave Kingfisher way too much of the ball, who really gave it a go. Uh, we then scored from pressing the goalkeeper, uh, Curtis Lee getting the goal 2-0 at halftime. Uh, more of the same second half with Kingfisher really fighting and giving it a go. Credit to them. They got one back and pushed us all the way until the final whistle. Uh, and then he says, sorry, I tried to keep it short and sweet. Have a good one, lads. Have a good one, Danny. Uh, he wants that league title this season. He wants promotion from Division 3, sitting just outside the relegation zone at the moment uh, with daylight there um, over uh, South Ballers. A couple of games in hand that they could push themselves up, but they've got work to do um, in the league, Gibbs. They've got four games in hand on top side, uh, Tudor Sports Rangers. If they did win all four of those games, uh, they would be top comfortably. Um, But with two wins and two losses out of their four games, they've got to turn around that that form uh, and win the the most, the majority you'd have to say of their remaining games, but always nice to get a match report. Thank you, Danny. Um, and Borden Sports Gibbs getting a win um, against Danson Albion. Uh, Borden Sports now up to fifth in the table. Third win of the season in eight games. Uh, still a minus 10 goal difference for the Borden boys for that, that tough start to the season they've had. Um, but a win's a win. Yeah, mate, a win's a win and getting points on the board after the start that uh, Borden have. Uh, three points three points is massive for them. Um, and they're only three points off the top. I know the, the other teams around have got a couple of games in hand, but they're only three points off the top. So, you, you know, you know, you never know how it ends. Absolutely. Into Division 4. And the results were as follows. EWD 2, Bexley Wanderers 2, uh, Rosencrown 0, Highfield Rovers 1, uh, Sid Cup 1, Foresters 0. Those are the results. Let's start with the Highfield Rose and Crown game uh, on social media and in response to uh, Rose and Crown's post uh, about uh, this game. I said, this is going to be a classic Sunday league game. Um, two teams, old school mentality. Uh, not all this stuff the uh, youngsters get up to these days. A real good game. Uh, and Ronnie in the Selk 11 group chat, particularly happy with the win. I know he's sunning himself in Brazil at the moment. Um, but yeah, a 1-0 win for Highfield Rovers. Gibbs, they really needed that. That's them out of the relegation zone now. Yeah, uh, first win of the season. I think that's why it made, obviously, uh, result of the week. I think both teams, uh, Highfield or uh, Rosen Crown, could have done with a win here. But obviously, Highfield getting it um, 1-0. And uh, it, uh, fair play to them. Also, I know they've got a new manager, some new players coming in. Uh, you've got a feel for Damo as well because he's... He, he, he's giving it his best every week, you know. I know he's been getting let down by some players and and people, so it's 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 a tough one for him. But he's he's keep, he's keep on going. He's showing up every week, and I'm I'm sure the wins will come for him. Absolutely, uh, EWD Eagles only managing a two-all draw against the Bexley Wanderers side, who have been better this, this season than last year. But on the back of that good cup win last week for EWD against South Ballers, they may be disappointed with the Desmond in tribute to the man himself, Gibbs. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure they would have seen that as probably two points dropped yesterday, EWD, rather than two points gained, because that would have left them third, just going into Christmas, um, four points off the top. All right, we'll be in it, played the same amount of games as Our Lady, but, it, but four points into the second half of the season is a, is, is a 
a, a decent decent run of form, but they look they look hard to catch that they are lady at the top of that league. To be fair, so I think everyone is trying to play catch up. But I think that's again that's another exciting division though, uh, as well like all the way down to EWD in, in fifth, Elton Ducks, New Cross, Sig Cup. I think they're all gonna they're gonna have to play and they're all gonna beat each other. I think I think it's a a real good division. I think so too. Uh, and uh, winners yesterday, Sid Cup, uh, after their dodgy uh, November December for their standards, of course, uh, they got past uh, Forest Foresters with a one nil win, uh, and that's uh, Sid Cup up to second place. Uh, they would be pleased with their start to the season. Perhaps Elton Ducks and Our Lady Youth uh, both are what not playing yesterday uh, away from league action. Should I say um, Elton Ducks and? Our ladies, the two unbeaten teams in Division 4 so far. If it, Elton Ducks did win their games in hand, uh, they would be joint points, joint top with um, Our Lady Youth on points. But the 21 goal difference for Our Lady Youth is impressive at the moment. Plenty of football to play for. Uh, and Newcross Rovers, of course, waiting there uh, to strike the talented uh, Newcross Rovers boys. They'll have a say as well. What a good division, um, Pat Tansley, Division 4 is. Let's have a look at the, re- the results from... Um, Division 5, um, just the one game play, two games played yesterday, should I say. Crockenhill Swans lose 3-0 to Old Peeps um, and Greenwich Challenge win 3-2 against Avery Hill. Um, athletic Reserves, um, I mean, pick the bones of this one. Two two teams really in Crockenhill Swans and Old Peeps. Gibbs, who uh, are in the mid- middle of the table. Crockenhill Swans, that's their fourth loss of the season. Uh, Old Peeps. Um, after five games, um, decent start, three wins, a draw and a loss for them, uh, a zero goal difference. Old Peeps maybe now uh, finding some form. They'll be looking upward at Greenwich Battle Cruisers. Six points for Old Peeps puts them on 16. Uh, they could still make a bit of a, a challenge in this Div 5 promotion party. Yeah, I think they could. I think um, the, the Battle Cruisers need a bit of a... What's the word? They need a bit more of a... A challenge, not with the pun, sorry, but they 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 need a bit of pressure put on them. So r- the results every Sunday mean something, you know. I think they've got that seven point cushion at the minute. Um, I know Spring Hill Blues have got some games in hand, but the Cruisers have kind of had it their own way, haven't they? First half of the season, they've had a good mm-hmm. first half of the season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they've made massive improvements over the last few seasons, but I think they need a bit more pressure put on them uh, at the top there. And I mean, Spring Hill Blues got three games in hand. They win all three and they, they go level on points, albeit the Battle Cruisers have a better goal difference. But it's a, a good first half to the season again. And the, and the Chimera, you can't count them out yet either, no, I don't no. think, with the, with the players they've got. So I think the, the top of that again, the top four or five teams in that division. I think uh, there's some very interesting games to come. I mean, Spring Hill Blues against the Battle Cruisers would be a big game. Uh, Chimera against any one of those teams would be a, a big game. So, obviously, they took points off Greenwich, uh, the Battle Cruisers already. So, I think, um, again, another division that second half of the season, I think, will get really uh, tasty with the fixtures. I think so, too. That's looking that's looking like a real good uh, division. Maybe with games in hand, once everyone catches up, Old Peeps and, and Greenwich, uh, Spring Hill Blues, uh, we'll look to get amongst it Battle Cruisers and um, Spring Hill Blues, the only unbeaten teams in the division at Christmas. Well done to Josh and all the lads uh, at the Battle Cruisers. I've seen them twice this season uh, and they, they've been real good fun to referee. I saw Omar down at STC yesterday. Uh, nice to see you, mate. 
Uh, but old peeps, yeah, sort of crept under the radar a little bit with this start. Uh, but five games in, uh, they would have taken that all day long. So they'll look to continue. Uh, Greenwich Challenge maintain uh, their set themselves at the top of the table, at the top end of the table. They're into second place now, leapfrogging um, Spring Hill Blues while they were in cup duty yesterday. Greenwich Challenge beating Avery Hill Reserves 3 2. 2 uh, 0 up at half time, Gibbs. That's a disappointing uh, second half for the Avery Hill Reserves. That's a good bunch of people, good luck, bunch of lads down at. Uh, the reserves very much, very much uh, enjoyed my game with them. They played when they played Tamira a month or so ago. Uh, great on the sidelines, uh, but the boys will be gutted to be two new up against the team at the top end of the table and let that slip. Yeah, they're, they're good, good club. Um, two new up and letting it slip. They, they won't be happy with that. But it's you as I've as I've learned over the last few weeks. You, you, you've got to stay switched on for that ninety minutes. Yep. You do all the hard work, and then um, it's it, it just it can just go and just turn around in a blink of an eye. Absolutely. Uh, in the South Grassroots Podcast Network Division Six, the best division, the seventh best division. JJ United beaten six nil by the Bosco, and I got to say, after seeing them last week against the team second in the division in EWD Eagles, I expected this uh, to be a bit more of a wider score, uh, but uh, nonetheless, they've beaten. Uh, they won two games, six nil in a row. Gibbs, I guess you just take that. The Bosco, supremely talented uh, team for for that level. Uh, I expect them uh, to potentially go unbeaten this season. Uh, Elton Palace in a good run. Maybe they'll have something to say about it um, as well um, in this title race. They've got a game in hand in second place. EWD, Elton Palace and the Bosco, uh, from what I've seen. Two good football insides for Division 6. Uh, and uh, yeah, they'll be duking it out for the rest of the season. Unlucky to JJ United uh, taking a, a heavy defeat, um, but it is what it is. In the two cup results, an able environmental Burt Holloway trophy. Hey, Bert. First up, let's get the Peck and Rye win. We're talking about a Peck and Rye win for a change, Gibbs. You beat Bexley Hawks 2 1. You described it as a bit of a dead rubber at the beginning of the podcast, but uh, a win's a win and just stopping that run of um, results that you'd had recently uh, can only be a good thing. And especially against, I know there's a lot of mutual respect between the two teams, but they're definitely a rival. Yeah. I mean, we've always, we've had some really good games of them over the, uh, over the past few seasons and always got a lot of respect for uh, James and Pete down there and the, and the team. Um, they're, they're always like real like closely contested games, it, 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 literally for us yesterday, we 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 normally been getting off to a good start in the last few weeks. Like we've lost four out of our last five, but we, except for the Avery Hill game, I think we took the lead in every game. Off the top of my head, I might be wrong in that, but we took the lead. Um, and that's when I say a minute ago about the uh, the other result. It's just you just got to stay switched on the whole time. We've we we've just let lead slip. We was leading against. Uh, Hartford, we led against Junior Reds. We we was behind against Swanscombe, yeah. But it was it's been some. We've had some tough run of games, and uh, Bexley Hawks are a good outfit. Um, obviously, a lot of lot of time and respect for them. But we went two 0 up, um, and there was that second goal. I think that that eased it a little bit for us because we've we've had chances in previous games where we've gone one up and we've missed the chances, and and that's just bit us on the arse. But they had a man sent off after about 35 minutes, I think, and full credit to him. It was like we was down to 10 men and they still had 11. Um, you know, so that's, I don't know if it's that like psychological thing where you think 
Oh, sorry. We, they've got 10 men now. It'd be easy. They're but so then... well organised, though, Gibbs, aren't yeah. they, Bexley Hawks? That's the problem. Go down yeah. by one, they're, they're just, they're really, they're a good unit. So that, yeah, that might stop them being going forward, but they're so well organised that, yeah, it's, it's going to still be tough to break them down. Oh, 100%. And if you'd have watched the game and came along after the half an hour and they had a man sent off, you would never have known they had a man sent off because they they literally worked and and was all over the all over the park. Um I mean, I think they still had a chance to go through with a win yesterday. Uh, for us, it was just more about trying to gain some momentum, um, finishing the year with a win and uh, going into the second half of the season. But it, it, it was close. They pulled one back just before half-time. The second half, it was more midfield play. We had a couple of chances. They always dangerous from set piece, set pieces with their aerial threats and their um, their long throws uh, from Chris. So it, it was tough. Um I think none of us were probably clinical second half in front of goal. As a, like, I think they had a header that uh, that Nathan had made a good save from. Uh, yeah, we did the bar in the first half. We had a couple of chances second half, but on the whole, I thought probably two one was a probably fair result. And I think both teams. No, I'm not saying they'd be happy with a loss, but I think both teams would probably come away from it with, with some positives. They they worked tirelessly with 10 men and as I said you wouldn't have known that they had 10 men because they were still uh, like chucking everything at it and going, and going for the game so uh, full credit to them good side two good teams uh, for Westford both teams but someone's got to win the game Peckham right get the win uh, but not they're out of the Burt Holloway trophy uh, now as are Bexley Hawks uh, left to concentrate on other competitions a good game nonetheless uh, and the Amps Electrical Fred Jolly Memorial Trophy, Tudor Sports Rangers lose 4-1 to Old Four Trainings. Old Four Trainings in the Cup. Uh, a, a supreme team, a real good team. 4-1 uh, against uh, a Tudor Sports Rangers, top of their division at the time of recording. Uh, a good one for Old Four Trainings, Gibbs. You just you just can't get around them in the Cup. No, real good side. They think about Old Four Trainings with Cups that, they just seem to come alive in it, and that's where they seem to play their best football and uh, and get their results. So, again, like congratulations to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well done to Oldfield Trainers. Commiserations to Judas Sports Rangers uh, in the London Sunday Challenge Cup, uh, London's Premier Sunday League uh, Cup. Uh, Baytees squeeze past Westford's Jam two one, uh, and if match reports from. Uh, from uh, Twitter to be believed. Jam had their chances, Gibbs, uh, but Baytees getting over the line. Feel proud of the boys uh, for their efforts, but um, the match reports from from true grassroots on, on social media uh, tell a tale of uh, missed opportunities for Jam. I mean, that is... Uh, they have more than done their self-justice there, Jam. Um, people might have seen that as a wider margin uh, outside of Westford, but people in Westford know how good Jam are and the players that they've got um, and the, the threat that they've got going forward and, and the players and the ability they have. And 2-1 um, is... Uh, Jam can come away with that holding their head re- well, right, really well high and well done to them and well done to Phil. Um, I, I know it's a loss, but Baytees have been really good this season. They've been scoring goals for fun in a lot of games. So... Uh, for Jam to travel all the way over to obviously was it at Hackney Marshes? Yeah, and then just lose like just obviously by the odd goal and in a tight game. I think uh, Jam deserve a lot of credit for that. Absolutely, uh, unlucky to feel 
and the boys, Beatties, national uh, Sunday national champions. Not so long ago, don't forget uh, a real quality outfit. Uh, no shame in a two-one defeat over there. Uh, and Jam can put we played at Hackney Marshes against one of the best teams in London on their uh, on their uh, CV now uh, and get back to West for stuff. Uh, unlucky to Phil uh, and the lads. Uh, unashamedly biased on this pod, on this part of the podcast when it comes to West Westford teams in county cups. Uh, back to the Westford stuff uh, and in the Vulture Sports Plumpton Challenge Cup, Our Lady Youth uh, get a four 0 win against Crofton Albion. Uh, Gibbs, that just feels like a professional job by Our Lady Youth. Crofton Albion not having it really their own way uh, this season, uh, and Our Lady Youth just absolute dominant in most of their games they've played. Yeah, what well, again? We say it every week, but what an addition they've been to. To Westford, um, our lady, they're uh, they score goals. They're, they're they're entertaining. They're they're vocal on socials, um, and yeah, I mean top top of their league. They're um, they're they're, they're flying, aren't they? Really, I mean, it, uh, you wouldn't have probably backed against them against uh, Crofton. Uh, I think are struggling a little bit at the minute to find any sort of form. But um, like you say, I think the word you you took it, you said that well, a professional job. Yeah, they, they, for young heads as well, uh, getting those types of games over the line in tricky situations, no doubt, down at Crofton Albion. Those those pitches are tough uh, and the weather uh, not helping it. Uh, but a 4-0 win, yeah, that, tell, that tells me that there's some old there's some old heads, mate. There's some old heads on, on young shoulders over there uh, and they are doing really well, our lady youth. Well done, chaps. 4-0 win uh, into the next round of the Pumpsy Challenge Cup. In the Westford Shield, Hartford Blues lose 2-1 to Spring Hill United Blues. An injured Adam Clayton carrying on yesterday gives to get this one done with appreciation from uh, the away team, Springle United Blues. Uh, I did um, Hartford a couple of weeks ago against Lesser. Good young bunch of lads um, to match up with the first team uh, at Hartford. Uh, but Springle Blues getting the job done. 2-1 Gibbs. Um, and they're having think, a good season as well. Yeah, they was leading for quite a long time, uh, Hartford. Um, I think, and... As I went over there, I caught the last 10 minutes or so. Literally, I think they just scored spring. I think they scored in the 80th and the 90th minute. So, literally, two two late goals to snatch a win. So, again, I I said to Omar, you're doing everything you can to stay off that set race this season, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) He definitely is. Definitely is. He's done well the first half of the season, to be fair. I'm beating in the league going into Christmas. I think he probably would have tipped that. Well done, mate. Uh, Hartford Blues letting uh, Leeds slip now in, in the last couple of weeks or last few weeks. They did that against Lesser and now uh, Springle Blues. But that is uh, a good performance by Hartford Blues. Taking the team like Springle Blues, 80 minutes leading the game. Uh, it's just seeing the game out for the ninety the 94, 95 minutes, whatever it is. Uh, Hartford will learn a lesson from that. So head held hard for them against the higher place team uh, as well. Into the Vulture Sports, Plumps did Challenge Cup. A metric gas out um, at the hands of Brook Athletic from the um, the Essex Corinthian. Uh, reading the match reports from uh, metric gas's um, Twitter account gives two minutes, two goals for Brook Athletic sealing the game. Um, other than that, Met- metric gas were leading the way uh, against a very very good side in Brook Athletic. Um, so heads held high again for the Westford side, um, but they are out, Gibbs. Yeah. Uh... Solid side, Metro Gas. They've, they've had a few um, results probably not go their way, but they they always seem to bounce back and uh, their their time will come definitely in the PCC because uh, 
I think they're too much of a good side. They're 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 young. They probably they're learning all the time, and they've got some good players that are playing decent, like decent level on a Saturday as well. Um, uh, again, Brooker Brooker a good side. Uh, take nothing away from them, but uh, probably what a good game that was for Sunday League as well. Probably went a little bit under the radar that game. Yeah, it was a really good game. Really disappointing on a personal note uh, to not get that game. Uh, I was appointed to that one uh, for a very long time. I was looking forward to it, uh, but the half twelve kickoff. Uh, beating us on that occasion. Uh, also, then was missed out on the Elton Bucks, our ladies game. Um, so, uh, ended up doing the Hartford uh, game. Never intended. <laughs> I was, that was my third game I was, attend- I was um, appointed to that week. So, um, but yeah, gutted to miss out on that game. Obviously, Steve Hughes, a uh, more than capable pair of hands on that uh, Metrogas game. Uh, and yeah, um, unlucky to Metrogas. Uh, they are out. Uh, we'll wait to see. Uh, the draw now that now the oars are starting to leave and we're starting to see these these fixtures um, confirmed. Uh, the Plumpsy Cup continues to be um, a spectacle. It has to be said uh, for Sunday League football in our area. In the South Grassroots Podcast Network, Mike Strong Memorial Cup, uh, AFC Sport and Greenwich are out five one losers uh, at the hands of EWD Eagles reserves. EWD getting over that defeat to Bosco last week in the league. Uh, to smash in Sporting Greenwich, the, the Division 6 basement boys, EWD, Eagles Reserves, back to winning ways. Well done, chaps. Uh, Bexley Village Vets, see off Bexley Knights, 3-0 in the Bexley Derby. Well done to BVV. Matt Tuck, do a shield. Uh, no, it's not. Shelt Grassroots Podcast Network, Mike Strong Memorial Cup. Jamera Reserves are out. They are beaten 4-2 on penalties after a two-all draw against Lesser FXI. Uh, Elton Palace see off Cabras 4-2. Some run Elton Palace are on uh, in, in all competitions. Uh, this, the Division 6 Cup uh, and the league, Elton Palace continue their very good run uh, in all competitions. Well done, chaps. Something like eight or nine games unbeaten now or wins in a row. I didn't quite uh, rem- can't quite remember what they said on their social media at the time of recording. Um Six-week dog, I think it was. What's that, mate? I think it was six games unbeaten or six wins on the bounce. Very, very good side, uh, Elton Palace. Uh, and they're doing everything the right way. Well done, chaps. In the Mike Chuck Jewish Shield, New Park 2. Uh, Kingsford 1 gives a good show made of themselves by Kingsford. Just their type of game, maybe. A tenacious game where uh, they can really get themselves amongst it. Uh, but New Park just, uh, you know, we've we've called teams a juggernaut on the podcast for years now. But New Park this season just seemed to be exactly that. Uh, yeah, it's 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 incredible what they're doing. No matter who you put in front of them, from what division, they seem to know how to get over the line, don't they? They've uh, they've had some they've had some big results this season. Uh, even with a depleted squad in some games, I was talking to a few of the uh, New Park lads yesterday. And uh, they they've just got a good a good team spirit down there, and this it's it's clear to see. I think you, you you play them, and you know that they can do everything. They can again. We say it all the time. They can mix it up. They can play football, but just uh just just a good club. Brilliant at the moment. Real good club for Westfar. Uh, that lower that lower division wave of clubs coming through. Uh, when obviously everything's rearranged next season, it'll be interesting to see where some of these clubs are placed because they're more than capable. Um, of playing in higher divisions. Uh, very, very good win for New Park. Something of a somewhat of a, a cup set, I guess, but Kingsford um, 
knew what they were getting. I think everyone knows New Park are one of those one of those lower division teams that are just going to make it a tough day for absolutely everyone um, in Westford. Uh, another team with potential of making it a tough day for everyone, AFC Bexley, unable to really put a glove on uh, Red Velvet, who are the top team in the in the combination. Nine uh, one win Gibbs, um, but AFC Bexley's um, social media. Basically saying, we tried our best. There's not a lot we can do. Uh, Red Velvet rampant on the day. And not many teams in Westford are going to be capable of beating AFC Bexley 9-1. No, not, not everyone can do a barn us, mate, can they? No. But uh, it's, uh, I think, reading on social media, I think that um, as Bexley pushed on to try and get something out of the game, I think that Velvet were just clinical in their counter-attacks. And obviously that's how it ended up 9-1. But... Spencer's got a real good team down there. Obviously, they're seven for seven in the league for a reason. Um, and there's no shame in losing to them for Bexley. Uh, there's there's better days ahead for Bexley. They're 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 a good side and a well-run club as well. Indeed, and good to hear that they went for it against Red Velvet. So many teams would just try and park the bus and just damage limitations. But you got to say hats off to AFC Bexley for having a crack. Uh, Velvet into the next round of the Plumpsy Challenge Cup. Uh, some brilliant, brilliant teams now uh, waiting for each other uh, in that cup. Uh, South Ballers won. Footscray Lions won at the end of play in the matchup. Dewar Shield uh, and Footscray Lions doing the job on penalties. Um, a tough couple of weeks for South Ballers in cup competitions. Gibbs uh, crashed out of two competitions uh, in, in the row or lost two cup games in a row. Uh, and they do need to start focusing on their league, um, the league campaign because they do find themselves in the relegation zone. Um, ballers, yeah, not not quite the same team as they were last season. They do need to pick it up next year. Yeah, they seem to have gone off the boil in the last few weeks, don't they? They had a real good, strong start to the season, and now they just seem to have uh, they seem to have tailed off of uh, not playing with that uh, that free scoring goals that they was uh, a little bit early on in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the Vulture Sports Plumpsy Challenge Cup, last but by no means least, Woolwich Wales and this brilliant run. Form continues. Five wins, five, six wins on the bounce now uh, for Woolwich Wells. They see off ex Westford team and current Met League team, the Peoples, 3 2 uh, in the Plumpsy Challenge Cup, Gibbs. Uh, and Steve and the boys and, and Kurt and the lads down at uh, Woolwich Wells will be saying, Come on, lads, let's take this back to the league. Uh, we've got a league. They've got to save their status uh, in Division One. Yeah, I mean, they've just kind of pulled this form out of nowhere, haven't they? Uh, they didn't have the best of the starts, even especially in the league and stuff. But these cup games of late have really given them a, a different perspective, and they're, they're just pulling their results out week in, week out. Yeah, brilliant! Uh, a, a fantastic result. Well done to all his roles, and and uh, nice to see Met League teams uh, entering uh, the Plumpsy Cup. Gibbs, before we go, just a really quick uh, question for you: What has been your moment of twenty twenty three? Oh, blimey. What, for Peckham Royal or just in general? Whatever you... Uh, fo- football related, I don't need to say... I don't need you to tell us about things that have happened to yourself, but Peckham Royal or or your football, what, what what has been the highlights for you in 2023? Um, football-wise, in Peckham Royal, I think it was obviously the cup final. Um, was it in April or May? Uh, beating Kingsford, because I think probably a lot of people would have writ us off that day. Um and even probably, I mean, we believed obviously that we could win the game, but I didn't think that we would we would come out three 0 winners 
um, against a, a good young Kingsford side. So probably winning uh, the, the boat all the way last season was a, a massive achievement for us. Cup finals, definitely the highlight for me. Similarly, a cup, getting that cup final middle appointment on West Fern doing the uh, South Ballers against Old Fortranians game. Uh, definitely a highlight for me uh, last season. So thank you to you and the, and the league for giving me that appointment. Uh, hopefully, I'm on the on course to earn a similar thing for for that for next season. We'll wait and see how that pans out. But Gibbs, thank you for all of your time on the podcast this year. Have a nice break. Uh, take that win you got yesterday into 2024, unashamedly biased, and hope that Peckham Rye can um, improve. Um, their league standings and all that um, next year in 2024. All the best, mate, and I'll speak to you in January. Well, are we not, are we not, oh, yeah, mate, do you know what? I was about to say we're not doing predictions, but yeah, no, no problem. I've lost it. What's <laughs> he yeah, talking mate. about? <laughs> no games, mate, so I'll speak to you in January. Cheers, mate. Take care. Thank you. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Last, but by no means least, on the podcast, the last The Sunday League show for 2023. Uh, Super, super special uh, part of the podcast and something that we love to do. And and thank you to the leagues that continue to give us a fairly decent, hefty uh, responsibility uh, of a cup draw. Um, all above board and in order, obviously, with with um, Bertha full uh, of 16 balls. We have the Selk Grassroots Marcus Lipton Cup round four draw. The final 16 uh, for round four in the cup of cup sets. The, the most unpredictable cup in Sunday football brought to us by the Southern Sunday and he's back with me to do this part. What a way to end 2023, Graham. There's no better way, is there? I thought you might like that. I thought that might be a nice little finish. I know we've got a few and doors, but I think we've got about nine teams that are confirmed. So I thought that's enough to make it a, a nice little ending to 2023. And of course, we've got no predictions because there's no games for the next two no. weeks. So, yeah. yeah, let's jazz it up and uh, let's let's throw the old Silk Grassroots Marcus Lipton Cup out there. Let's give throw people some red meat. <laughs> and to be fair, the weather, how the weather's been in January and February the last couple of years, who the fuck knows when these games, when these round three games will be finished. So best well, to do the draw now. <laughs> well, if, if we go on the current trajectory about how the first half of the season's gone, I think we could be very, very happy. So sure. let's hope hope that that trajectory continues and uh, yeah we have a good start to 2024 as well but uh, yeah really looking forward to this some good teams still in obviously teams from the Premier Division I'll go through the ball numbers in a minute and obviously teams still from League 10 which is fantastic so yeah it's just obviously again been a fantastic competition this year it has uh, it continues to be uh, very very uh, proud to have the Silk Grassroots uh, name for this cup has gift, been gifted to us from the league. Um, so we continue to uh, be humble and, and thankful for, for uh, gifts like that from, from brilliant leagues, uh, giving us that for a brilliant cup. Um, Graham, do you want to read out what the 16 balls correspond to? I will certainly do that for you. Right. So uh, in this fourth round draw, 16 teams remain. 
So we're getting close there. The next round obviously is the quarterfinal after this. So we are getting towards the business end of this particular competition. And the ball numbers for the fourth round draw are as follows. So ball number one is Selhurst or Clapham Chiefs. Ball number two, Westminster Wanderers first team. Ball number three is Dara first team or Wimbledon Commoners. Ball number four is Atletico Buble or Argentina 2.0. Ball number five is Old Suttonians or St. Andrews. Ball number six is Sporting Continental. Ball number seven, Harbert Rovers. Ball number eight is Argentina First Team or Junction Elite First Team. Ball number nine is AFC Ballum. Ball number 10 is Swag. Ball number 11 is Vale County or Tynan Thames. Ball number 12, Wandsworth Warriors. Ball 13, unlucky for some, is Clapham Rovers or Broomwood. Ball 14, Holloway Royals. Ball 15, Hampton Terriers. And ball 16, Alfletico Madrid first team. So as usual, I'll be drawing all the balls from Bertha. All 16 balls uh, are in. Uh, verified and all that sent to, to Graham via the power of, of WhatsApp. Yeah, our um, our independent adjudicator from Camelot has been out and um, has, has had a good look. <laughs> and uh, there's there's no foul play that goes on with these draws. I can tell you that just to give people uh, the right assurance. So I'll read out the uh, the the ball number. Uh, that first will be the home team. Second will be the away team, and that will carry on. Uh, and Graham will will read out the teams as I draw them. Good luck to everybody uh, in round four uh, of the Marcus Lipton Cup. Still some work to do for some of you in round three, obviously. Uh, but let's do um, the round four draws. Good luck to everybody. Here we go. Is Bertha had her balls shaken? Her balls are shaken. She's warm and she's raring to go. Marvellous. Let's she, go on with she it. Is up, she is up for it. Even though we're not. No, not really. <laughs> let's go. Let's get on with it. First ball out. Number two. That'll be Westminster Wanderers first team. Uh, number number six. So going to Westminster Wanderers first team to the Griffin is fellow Premier Division team Sporting Continental. That's a good start. Good start. Number eleven. Number eleven. That's a home tie for Vale County or Tyne and Thames. Number nine. That's my lucky number. And that is AFC Ballum of the Premier Division. Uh, number five. Number five, that will be Old Suttonian Sunday from, um, what are they, League Nine? And they will play um, St Andrews in the third round. So who will they play in the fourth round? Uh, number three was drawn while you were talking. Thank you very much. And they will play Dara or Wimbledon Commoners. Number 16. 16, that is Alfletico Madrid, first team. And they obviously beat uh, Top Deck 2-0 yesterday. Number 8. And they will play, what a tie this is. Oh my goodness me, what a dream. It's Argentina first team or Junction Elite first team. Brilliant game. Number 7, at home. Number seven at home, that will be Harbert Rovers. And take on number one. Oof, 
They will play Selhurst or Clapham Chiefs. Number 12. Number 12, that'll be a home tie for Wandsworth Warriors. So somebody will be going over to the bog at uh, Wandsworth <laughs> Common, as it was yesterday. Uh, and the unlucky team is ball number 13. Well, it is unlucky for some. It's Clapham Rovers or Broomwood. Number four. Number four. That's a home tie for either Atletico Buble or Argentina 2.0. Uh, number 15. And they will play 15 Hampton Terriers. Should be the last two now, yeah. Yeah, this who's is it? a cracking tie, Andrew. But who's going to get the home draw? This is an unbelievable tie. I like this. Number 14. It's Holloway Royals who are going to get the home tie. Against number 10. And they will play the holders. It's Swag. Holloway Royals against Swag, the holders. And that concludes the draw for the Silk Grassroots Marcus Lipton Cup fourth round draw. My thanks to the Silk Podcast for their sponsorship of the competition and for Bertha and obviously yourself, Andrew, for facilitating <laughs> the draw today. Thank you. No problem. Could I could I ask you to read the draw out again, just for those that don't catch the, uh, haven't caught the, the, the balls being drawn? I would be delighted to do that for you. So Westminster Wanderers first team will play Sporting Continental in an all-Premier Division clash. It will be Vale County or Tyne and Thames. They will play AFC Ballum. Old Setonians or St Andrews will play Dara, first team, or Wimbledon Commoners. Alfletico Madrid, first team, will play Argentina, first team, or Junction Elite, first team. Harbour Rovers will play Selhurst or Clapham Chiefs. Wandsworth Warriors will play Clapham Rovers or Broomwood. Atletico Buble or Argentina 2.0 will play Hampton Terriers. And the last tie-out was Holloway Royals versus the Holders Swag. Thank you so much, Graham, for your time uh, in 2023. Uh, as we move into 2024, uh, I just wanted to wish you uh, and yours uh, a happy uh, break and a, and a peaceful and 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 hopefully you get to recharge your batteries over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to 2024, getting to the business end of the season uh, and seeing how the excellent Southern Sunday uh, season this year uh, ends. But mostly... Thank you, mate. And thanks for being uh, a great sounding board. And and thanks for all the chats and stuff that we have about football. Um, it's been uh, a really good year. Uh, so thank you so much. Oh, unbelievable. I, I mean, I obviously need to reciprocate that in some way, but I'm not quite <laughs> sure. I'm not quite sure even I've got the uh, vocabulary to uh, even respond to that. Maybe I need to get my theosaurus out, I think, for uh, some alternative words. No, it's been a fantastic year. And Obviously, from a league perspective, it's been fantastic to be part of the um, the podcast. And, you know, when I'm out there on a Sunday morning, even yesterday, I'm talking to the teams about it. And they just love the fact that, you know, it just supplements all the good things that go on in the league. So it's my my thanks on behalf as, as the league chair, Andrew, to you and uh, the podcast for the fantastic, you know, light that you shine on grassroots football and particularly on um, our league as part of the, one of the four leagues on the Sunday League show. So we're very grateful for that and uh, for the fact that you're willing to put your name on uh, our cup competition and our bottom division in League 10 there. It's um, it's fantastic. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
great sounding board. You know, we do have conversations outside of our weekly recording and we have a little bit of banter in our WhatsApp group, which is fantastic with the other guys from the other three leagues who are all absolutely unbelievable. And they've made me, made me feel very, very welcome and uh, inclusive of the podcast and the podcast family and what it's been about for the last few years. So, um, yeah, Merry Christmas to you, all of the listeners on the podcast, everybody associated with the Southern Sunday and uh, our other three leagues as well. It's been a um, fantastic year and a lot more to come into 2024 indeed thank you mate have a good break and i'll speak to you in the first week of january thanks andrew see you mate so that is it the end of another show thank you to our sponsors the down to play app magpie recruitment Baldwin sports youth grassroots football grf skipper sportswear adrenaline rush laser tag the grassroots graphics and awards fc thank you for listening to the show and i'll see you next week this week's selk podcast was brought to you by down to play the simple app for next game availability